think about all the good players that has left there, just say in the last three to five years. You can talk about Campbell, Fournette, so on and so on. So when I look at a guy like Urban Meyer, yes, he has some success on the collegiate level. Rex, you talk about welcome to the men's league. I heard him just say, talking about there's not a difference between the style of football played in college and between the white lines and the pros. Yes, there is a big difference. And, I, and, I, and I'm really anxious to see you know, with them being able to draft a guy like Trevor Lawrence, how will he fare, you know, coming into the league with Urban Meyer? He's been off for some time. And, Brew, you just, you just said something. Social justice being out in the community. You know, Jacksonville Jaguars in the state of Florida, Duval County is not a good county to be in. So I really think hmm. that Urban Meyer, and I'm talking about the violence, not just the people. I'm talking about the violence and the crime in Duval <laughs> County. So when I look at Urban Meyer coming to this team, he has a lot to, to, to be working with, and it's just not the team. You just said the Black Lives Matter, everything that's going on in our country right now with the COVID, there's a lot of concerns going on. I just wish him the best of luck. Hmm... Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Man, man, man. I hate, I hate, I hate what me and black, uh, what me and black are about to do. I do hate it. I'm not going to have any enjoyment, um, saying what I'm about to say. Now, me and Black are preparing for the sports desk, and shout out to our homeboy Koppel, our college football correspondent. He made us aware of some comments that were made uh, towards the city of Jacksonville, particularly Duval County, and you heard those comments from Randy Moss. I just want to say, Randy Moss, as <laughs> you sound like a complete idiot. You sound biased. You sound not smart. Now, the last time I checked, no matter where you have your two feet planted around this whole world, there's crime. There's criminal activity. There's violence. There's murders. There's theft. There's multiple of criminal activity going on around the world. Whether you stay in the most uppity of uppish suburbs or you stay in the downright gutter in the hood. It does not matter where you are. You could be at a country music concert, enjoying your time with your family and friends, and somebody from Mandela Bay starts shooting down at you. You could be in church, having praise and worship with your family and your loved ones, and somebody can kick in the door and start shooting at you. There's drugs being sold on every corner that's tearing away family members and loved ones right from our hearts. And random months, you got the nerves to, nerve to sit there and single out Jacksonville and Duval County off the strength of football? A sport? With Urban Meyer making his presence felt here in Jacksonville, this city is excited and they should be. With the arrival of Trevor Lawrence that's going to take place in a couple of months, this city of Jacksonville should be excited. We've been in the dumps for years. And you mean to tell me Rex Ryan, Randy Moss, Adam Schefter, and all of yous, we don't deserve an opportunity at happiness and success. But New England does. Philadelphia does. Dallas does. Tampa Bay does. You didn't say nothing about Tom Brady when he went to Tampa. Because they ain't won nothing either. But it's violent in Tampa. And I know it for a fact. But no one had nothing to say then. So I'm going to say this to you, Randomoss. The hell with you, man.
Hmm. The hell with you. Who are you, bro? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're an all-time great Hall of Fame wide receiver, but <laughs> as a man, who are you? <laughs> we know about all your transgressions as a football player. Randy Moss, you weren't perfect. And if you didn't have enough, if you didn't have ability, Randy Moss, you'd be Josh Gordon. How many times the organization looked the other way at your foolishness and you acting like a straight up fool, making your family feel crazy and embarrassing them by your actions? But you want to lay claim and lay dirt on my city? Where I'm from? Where my family's from? Where my friends are from? Bruh, miss us with that, bruh. Miss us with that. Have some class, bruh. Be happy for a city who hasn't had much. If you want to keep negative comments like that, if you want to say negative comments like that, bruh, keep them to yourself, bruh. You a professional, right? You sitting up on ESPN, and this is what you want to do? You want to shoot down? And then you want to clean it up and say, I'm not talking about the people there, but you know the, the Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter is happening all over the country. Not just Jacksonville, Florida, not Duval County. You guys make me sick with your negative, negative conversations about the Jacksonville Jaguars. But it's okay because Urban Meyer has signed on. He's committed. And at the end of the day, that's all that really matters to me. Because in a short while, all of y'all are going to sit up there and lie to us. And you know what I mean by that? Y'all going to say, boy, Urban Meyer, we knew he was going to come in and do a great job due to his pedigree in college. No, we knew that Trevor Lawrence was going to transition from the University of Clemson and do well for the Jacksonville Jaguars. All of y'all are going to lie. But no, 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 no. Here at the sports desk, we're going to remind you. And so help me, God. If me and Black ever make it, if we ever get notoriety, we, we ever get to the ranks where I can see some of y'all face to face, I'm going to remind you. I'm going to remind you, but I'm going to do it as a professional. Black, what you got? Man, I just want to say that uh, Randy Moss, man, I'm just tired. I'm, just, I'm, 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 sick of, I'm sick of the disgusting words that you had to say about my city. Ever since the Jacksonville Jaguars got in position to have the number one pick, we've been hearing it. Now, more than ever since Urban Meyer has been named the head coach. Everybody got something negative to say about the Jacksonville Jaguars. And then Randy Mouth, you open your you open your mouth sitting up there as a black man. Mm. Mm. Trying to save face with everybody you're sitting at a round table with. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And want to make my city, our city, look bad? This is about football. It ain't about where we from and what we talking about football. What happened between those white lines and coaching. We not talking about what happens in this city. Y'all are the reason good players don't have a chance to really come and see uh, what Jacksonville is about. Jacksonville is not a bad place. It's crime everywhere, as D said. Maybe some places more than others, but it happens everywhere. So, Randy Moss, today you are a fool, and you will continue to be a fool for those egregious words that you can't that you said out of your mouth. Football commentators, whoever talking about f- football, let's be better than this. Let's not always keep looking down on the Jacksonville Jaguars because you don't think they deserve nothing. You think they deserve to stay in the dumps. In the NFL. No, it's not going to always be that way. And thank the football guys for giving us a chance. Hmm. To have an opportunity to do something great. Hmm. 
And I believe that's what's going to happen. So it don't matter what you say, idiot. Mm. It don't matter what you say. Because at the end of the day, you're going to have to eat them words. Mm-hmm. Everybody sitting up with you, up there with you, speaking down on the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to have to eat those words. Mm-hmm. Urban Meyer, if you so happen to hear this, I take that as motivation, my man. Absolutely. And show them. Trevor Lawrence, if you hear this, I will take that as motivation, my man. Absolutely. Because everybody want to speak down on, on the Jacksonville Jaguars and Urban Mind. And, and Trevor Lawrence situation That's going to happen Because it's going to happen It's going to happen yeah. So Randy Moss I'm done with you bro You don't speak down on my city like that I don't care who you are mm. All you naysayers Everybody want to speak down on the Jaguars To F with you Cause this ship in Jacksonville is going, it's it's finna turn around. It's finna be right. Mm-hmm. And then, like D said, y'all just gonna have to eat y'all words. Mm-hmm. I'm telling y'all, man, y'all better, y'all better start recognizing things are finna turn around here. Mm-hmm. Regardless of what the crime is, it's gonna turn around. Mm-hmm. Oh, black lives man, it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. So let's stop the foolishness, man. His very first move as the executive was to sign Lamar Odom, who was on crack. That's the guys. Hey, this would do some lunch sports, man. Come on, now. Hey, bro, you listening to the sports desk? You're listening to the sports show, New Sports Desk. That's the guys. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to another episode of the Reduced Lunch Action Sports News Desk. I am your man, one more time, one of your favorite sportsologists, Dedrick L. Hicks Jr. back in the building to give it to you raw and uncut. And this your man, Black, we back in the building, one of your favorite sportsologists. Yes, sir, yes, sir. Uh, Me and Black did what we had to do. I mean, who would me and Black be if we didn't do what was right and stand up for this city? Stand up for the Duval County, stand up for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So that was that was uh, what that was all about. And you guys heard the comments. We're just not going to stand for it here. We are not going to stand for it here. I don't care who you are. We're not going we to stand for it. All right, man, we got a loaded show. Of course, it's Divisional Weekend in the NFL. A lot of great games. We're currently recording while Tampa Bay and uh, New Orleans are getting ready to kick off. So we're going to talk about the three previous games, and uh, we're going to be giving live reactions as we watch this final game on Divisional uh, Weekend. We're going to talk some uh, NBA. Uh, We're going to talk some uh, UFC as well. We're going to get into some other news, and uh, we're going to get out of here. But, Black, how you doing, man? I I, I didn't even get a chance to see how you was doing, my boy. How you holding up, man? Man, um... I'm doing good, man. Um, I'm happy. We, I'm, I hate that we had to go there. Me too. You know, at the beginning of our show, man. Me too. Because uh, this is a good day, man. And yeah. I, I, I'm sorry we had to address some idiotic talk, but I'm doing good, D. Yeah. Great yeah, weekend, yeah. man. Got to chill out with my homeboy, my godson, family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I had a good weekend, man. I'm happy to be back here at the sports desk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No doubt. No doubt, man. It was a great weekend. It still is a great weekend, yeah. but we just not letting nothing slide. We ain't letting that slide. And like I said, shout out to Copper for making us so well. And he was right on time. I had a whole nother opening topic uh, that we were going to uh, deal with. But we'll, we'll save that. 
because this, <laughs> this was more important. All right, man, let's go ahead and jump into our start bench of cut. Let's kick off episode 97, Black. Whew. Episode, we put in work last week. Yeah, we did. This our yeah, we fourth, was working. This our fourth podcast in six days. Yeah, we was working. I love it though. <laughs> yeah, me too. I love it though. <laughs> me too. Well, and hopefully y'all did too. Hopefully y'all caught our Nets uh, special edition, our Jacksonville Jaguars State of Union special edition as well. You can go get that on all your DSPs. All right, let's go ahead and get into start bench a cut. It's time. Sports death. What did you do in camp? <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. Let's get into it, man. So, Black, I ain't going to lie to you, man. This this, this, this going to be an easy one. It's not going to be that hard. I don't think it is. <laughs> but I just thought it was, I thought it was, uh, you know, uh, what do they call it? Applicable. Okay. I'm probably butchering that word, but applicable <laughs> to what we're talking about today. So, um, these three individuals, man, they spent a lot of time together in their uh, early years and their uh, beginning of their careers. And, you know, some of them we had reunited and, you know, all of them are different locations now. But it's one thing that's for sure, man. All three of these players, after breaking up, they went on to do great things. All of them are MVPs. Uh, two of them, well, one of them is a, is a world champion multiple times. But I'm talking about that iconic duo that was in OKC. All right, so I'm just interested, man. Just all around game, not what they, not what they have done in their career. Because I'm gonna try to make it a little difficult for you. Not what they accomplished. No, no, no. Just when you watch them play basketball, their talent specifically, what you rolling with. So black, who you rocking with, man? Durant, Harden. Oh Westbrook, who you starting? Who you benching? Who you cutting? Uh, man, I gotta start KD, man. For sure, <laughs> <laughs> man. Just he a seven foot sniper, man. Word. Like uh, it's so easy for him, and we seeing it here at the start of the NBA season. Like how easy it is for him. Effortlessly. Um, I gotta bench. I gotta bench James Harden, mm-hmm. and I gotta cut Russell Westbrook. Yeah. Yeah, even though uh, I'm not a big fan of neither one of those guys. Okay. But I would have to get a nod to uh, James Harden because he's one of the best scorers the NBA has ever, ever seen. Mm-hmm. You know, he might dribble you to sleep, but hey, <laughs> it, it works for him. It can't works. You can't stop it. But right. uh, yeah, man, I definitely got to gotta start. I mean, got to bench James Harden and cut Russell Westbrook. For me, man, it's, it's, it's virtually the same. I'm starting Durant, benching hard, and cutting Westbrook. But I was very close to benching Westbrook. Reason being, bro, you can't teach that heart, man. You can't. You can't teach that ferociousness, man. You can't teach that energy, man. And the one thing I can say, Russell Westbrook, man, he ain't never cheated the game, bro. Mm-mm. Every time he's played, he's giving it his all. But like you said, Durant is unstoppable doing anything. You can't do nothing to him to shake him. You can't. The only way you can stop him is preventing him from getting the basketball. That's it. It didn't harden. He's just utterly the greatest scorer of the basketball probably my eyes have ever seen. Just, just, bruh, it's effortless. He can just do what he want to do. So on the strength of that, yeah, I'm starting uh, Durant, uh, benching hard and cutting Westbrook, even though I personally love Russell Westbrook. All right, man, like I said, before we're watching the uh, last game of the division around, we got the Bucks and the Saints getting ready to kick off. We got two legends at the quarterback position, Breezy and Tommy. Out there getting ready to do their thing, man. So uh, we'll be giving live reactions while we're watching this game. 
All right, Black, let's go ahead and transition into our sound of the week, Black. Now, of course, James Harden was traded. Like I said, you can catch me and Black's uh, special edition on James Harden being traded to the Brooklyn Nets on all DSPs. Go check that out when you get a chance. That's our live reaction. But Shaquille O'Neal had something to say, man, and it was it was deep. It was deep. And I usually say Shaq's a hater towards the newer <laughs> generation. But look, man, you know, I, I kind of feel Shaq on this. So this is Shaquille O'Neal speaking literally minutes after James Harden uh, was traded. One is the business of basketball, but... You know, when you say you, you gave the city your all, that ain't true. Mm. And I'm about to say some things, and keep in mind, I have G14 classification to say these things. Uh, you asked for Dwight Howard, we gave him to you. Mm. Didn't work out. You asked for Chris Paul, we gave him to you. We asked for some, you asked for some shooters, we gave it to you. We asked for Westbrook, your homeboy from Little League, we gave him to you, didn't work out. And when you say, I gave you everything, I say, no, you didn't. Because the last five games, when it comes to elimination, you're one in four. You've been shooting 41%, 24% from three, uh, 32, assists, uh, 32 assists and 27 turnovers. I used to be like James. I used to come home and complain, man, he didn't do it. And my father, rest in peace, Sergeant Philip Harrison, used to say, but what the hell did you do? He ain't do nothing. He ain't step up when, when he was supposed to step up. So... You know, when you're the man and you make all the money, you make 30, 40 million a year, it's a big responsibility. Chuck has said this many times. When you're the man, you got a big responsibility, it's all on you. So when it comes time to show up, he ain't show up. So I know a lot of people in Houston, glad he's gone. So now he's he got his little super team. He got to win this year. If he don't win this year, it's a bust, period. Woo! Shaq kind of, he kind of keeping it raw there, Black. Yeah, man. Kinda, I like that, though. He kind of keeping it raw. Yeah, I like it. Because when you think about it. it it wasn't no lies and none of, nothing that he nothing said. Nothing he said. No lies. They gave, they literally gave him everything. Yeah. And as soon as Daryl Morey left and went to Philadelphia, because that's his boy, Daryl Morey, mm -hmm. he wanted out. And he acted the way he acted. Then he was granted his wish to go re uh, reunionize with Kevin Durant in Brooklyn alongside Kyrie Irving. That's kind of wild. But, yeah, that was Shaquille O'Neal's thoughts, man. And when I heard, I was like, man, for once, Shaq ain't hating. Shaq ain't truth, hate. man. He was telling the truth, the truth man. Truth hurts, but yeah, it does hurt. It does hurt. It does hurt. I think. And then, it, then Harden came on Instagram uh, last night and put some in stories saying, you know, how he being tore down in the media. A lot of black men are tearing him down, except Dwayne Wade. He's solid. I'm reading this. I'm like Harden, bro. Bro, you not finna get no sympathy from nobody. Harden, you not finna get no sympathy from anybody. Chill with that. Chill with trying to make yourself seem like you a victim, sir. The pressure is on, buddy. Isn't it ironic, bro? Mm, you just you ain't it. even been in the building two whole days and you already acting like them divas over there. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> ironic, my boy. Man. It's ironic, my boy. Oh man. It's ironic. All right, man, we're going to transition uh over to our top five segment that we haven't done. Our top five in a couple of weeks because you guys have been enjoying. What? what did you do in camp? So we got uh, a few people letting us know, man, that they feel in that uh, segment and, and they find it to be uh, really funny. But uh, we're going to be alternating between what did you do in camp and our top five. But this week we got a top five that we're going to get into. My man Black came up with this one, man. And it's uh, it was pretty hard to do. To be honest with you, Black, it was really, really kind of hard to do. But I got my list uh, in front of me. But we're going to go ahead and get it going. But first... Yeah. 
Maybach music. Hey, this would do slush. Come on now. What did you do in camp? All right, Black, let's go ahead and get into it. Kick us off, my boy. Black, give me your top five NBA duos of all time. All time NBA duos. Black, talk to me. All right, all right, all right. Top five duos all time. At number five, I have Isaiah Thomas and Joe mm, Dumars. Okay, okay, okay. At number four, I have Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. Okay. At number three, I have uh, Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen. Mm. At number two, I have LeBron James and AD. <laughs> at number one, at number one, I have Shaq and Kobe. In my eyes, the best duo of all time. I like it, man. I like it, man. You caught me slipping with that AD and LeBron. <laughs> you caught me slipping with that one, man. You caught me on that. You caught me on that. I like it, though. I like it. All right, for me, man, I got a, I probably got a little surprise here. But at number five, I got Sean Payton and Gary Kemp. <laughs> I got Gary Payton and Sean Kemp Okay. at number five, man. Uh, I watched their uh, documentary that they had on them on NBA TV, and you forget how special they was mm-hmm. and the energy that they brought into the league. Uh, at number four, I got Kareem and Magic. I got Kareem and Magic, man. I mean, just a special <laughs> combination with those two players. Uh, arguably top five players on the same team, man, all time. At number three, Stephen Clay revolutionized the game of basketball with their shooting. Changed the game. Mm-hmm. You got kids, you got kids uh, who used to love the big time windmill dunks to now love the three point ball. And it's because of those two players. <laughs> number two, Jordan and Pippen. Just dominance. They just dominated, man. They got together, they jared well, and they dominated Jordan and Pippen. And of course, at number one, to me, to me, the most dominant, well, not just me, the black two, the most dominant duo inside, outside. Shaq and Kobe. <laughs> Shaq and Kobe. I tell people all the time, if we was able to get a two-on-two five-game series with Shaq and Kobe versus Jordan and Pippen, please. 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 <laughs> Shaq and Kobe in five. In five. In four. <laughs> so, I tell people that all the time, but you know, you got your, you got your Jordan lovers out there. They ain't, you know. <laughs> and I just want to shout out my boy uh, uh, Smooth, man, our NBA correspondent. He'll be back soon. But I know he's going to have a problem with us, Black. You want to know why? What's that? Because we left out John Stockton in Carl Malone, my boy. <laughs> now, Smooth loves him some John Stockton. And I look forward to hearing from him uh, when he hears this episode <laughs> about us disrespecting the great uh, John Stockton in uh, Carl Malone. All right, man. So we're going to transition into our tweets of the week. And I have about three of them. Twitter was popping uh, this week, man. So we got something from Kevin Durant. We got something from Andre Johnson, former Houston Texans wide receiver. And we got our guy, Big Perk. Big Perk out here, okay? So let's go ahead and get into these tweets, man. What are we going to kick off with? We're going to kick off with Kendrick Perkins. My boy Kendrick Perkins say, wow, Kyrie didn't want to be Robin for LeBron, but now he has to be the Alfred to Kevin Durant and James Harden. Crazy how life works. Shout out Big Perk comparing Kyrie Irving to Alfred the Butler mm. on Batman. Pretty tough stuff right there. Kevin Durant here responded to a fan. Uh, at Cuffs the Legend says, it's going to sound crazy to say, but I don't think there's any real pressure on Harden to win a title. 
Fans already know what he is. He's just a great individual scorer. Kevin Durant chimes in. The narrative is tired, my G. You think we have to prove to random people who have been watching us for a decade that we're good at basketball? Cuffs respond, legacy already solidified to the real basketball minds, but to average fans, they still want to see y'all lead without a stacked deck. KD responds, you're an average fan. So Kevin Durant feeling a little salty about a fan out of the blue giving his thoughts on the uh, Harden uh, trade to Brooklyn. That, that kind of signs off on Black's diva uh, comment. All right, last but not least, we have Andre Johnson, former wide receiver of the Houston, Texas uh, University of Miami Hurricane. Great. He says, if I'm Deshaun Watson, I will stand my ground. The Texas organization is known for wasting players' careers. Since Jack Eastbury has walked into the building, nothing good has happened in or for the organization. And for some reason, someone can't seem to see what is going on. Texans, pathetic. Now, that's from all-time great for that city. He might mm -hmm. be the greatest. Well... He might well. He's greatest one of the receiver. Great. Well, him and Hopkins. Right? Well, we got D Hop. We got yeah. D Hop now. We got D Hop now. But Andre was doing his thing way before D Hop got. Well, I mean, I, of course, but I'm But if you line both of them up, oh, I mean, of course. Okay, I don't think you can go wrong with neither one. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, you. you know I mean, yeah, DeAndre Hopkins is that dude. But yeah, man. You know, Andre Johnson. You know, letting it be known. You know what I'm saying? Well, you know what's up, man. So. All right, so that being said, we're going to talk some NBA uh, a little bit later on, but we're going to go ahead and transition uh, into the National Football League. It is time to talk uh, some NFL football, some NFL playoff football. Like I said, currently me and Black are watching uh, the Saints and the Bucks, and it looked like the Saints almost took one back to the house. We were 0-0 in the first quarter, so we'll be jumping in and out, letting you guys know, you know where we at on the game. All right, Black, let's go ahead and get into it, man. Divisional round. Divisional round took place this weekend. Let's go to the first game of the weekend. You had the Green Bay Packers take care of the Los Angeles Rams, 32-18. Green Bay looks really, really good. Aaron Rodgers looked really, really good. It was me and you were watching the game together yesterday. And we just noticed how Aaron Rodgers was just so calm, so it's relaxed, crazy, like like speaking to his wide receivers before the plays. And then when the play happened, it's just just bombs away for a big play. So, Black, what was your overall takeaway, man, from the performance of Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers knocking off the Los Angeles Rams? Uh, it was this game was what I expected it to be. You know, Aaron Aaron Rodgers, like you said, man, the guy just. He's just so calm when he out there on the football field, especially when he is in Lambo. Like it's 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 crazy to watch, man. But um Green Bay came ready to play. All the narrative about uh not narrative, but all the talk about the Rams defense and how it was going to be. I knew it would be a problem if you didn't have a healthy Aaron Donald on that football field. If Aaron Donald was healthy, we could be talking about something totally different today. But Maybe. he is not. And you know the one thing that 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 changed that game, the Los Angeles Rams couldn't get no pressure on uh couldn't get no pressure on Aaron Rodgers. Nope. 
And that's not a winning winning formula of football. Nope. Usually when uh, Aaron Rodgers is at his worst, when he's going up against a defensive line who pressures him. Right. Who makes who makes him make mistakes. Right. And that didn't happen Saturday. And uh shout out to those receivers as well, man. They came to play. Had some had some critical drops early, but came up big time in the fourth quarter with key catches and and especially a a, a big time uh touchdown in the fourth quarter to put the game out of reach. By uh, Alan, Alan Lazard I yep. might be butchering His no, first it. name Alan, Alan Lazard, Alan Lazard yep. So shout out to him As well For making that big catch To, to put the game away uh, I'm, I'm I'm excited about The Packers man Packers is one of my picks So I'm excited about What they're doing They look good to me D Yeah I, I picked the Rams To go in there And get this win um, But like you said No excuses But Aaron Donald Wasn't right They couldn't get No pressure uh, on Aaron Rodgers at all. And at one point in the game, they were man-to-man on Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald didn't even command a double team at one point in the game because the Packers knew he ain't right. And eventually Aaron Donald was taken out of the game uh, in the second half because he just wasn't being productive. And it goes to show you, if you don't have front-line pressure, that means Jalen Ramsey and them boys in the back end finna have a long day. And that's exactly what happened. Aaron Rodgers was Aaron Rodgers. He was special, and he looks different this time around. He looks more relaxed. He looks more calm. And what I saw with this Green Bay offense was balanced. You had Aaron Jones with 14 carries. Jamal Williams with 12 carries. Lazard with four uh, catches. Adams with nine catches. Uh, Tanyan with four catches. And uh, Valdez Scantling with another four catches. Like, balanced. Everybody was getting opportunity. Mm -hmm. And when you have a balanced offense, all out of Chiefs, all out of Buccaneers, and the ball's just going around, it's going to be a long day for defenses who can't get pressure on the quarterback. And that was just the story of this game. Aaron Rodgers had time to do his thing, and he did his thing. Green Bay moves on uh, to the playoffs. L.A. did what they could. Cam Akers really carried the team. But that defense with Aaron Donald not being right, you know, it just really showed in that game. So, all in all, you know, I don't really think it's much more to kind of elaborate on this game. No pressure, no bacon. <laughs> no pressure, <laughs> no bacon. Uh, Green Bay advances. Like, anything else before we move forward to the next game? Uh, uh No, man. Just uh, very – I'm. <laughs> it's Green Bay. I, I, out of all the talk and everything that was going on in the offseason with Green Bay with – them drafting another quarterback, Aaron Rodgers has let it be known from week one what he about this year, man, and we continue to see it in the playoffs. Yeah. So whoever they get next, man, it's gonna it's gonna be a good one. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, man, we're going to transition to the second game of the nightcap last night on Saturday in the divisional round. We had the Baltimore Ravens take a big L, uh, losing to the Buffalo Bills 17-3 up in Buffalo with the Bills Mafia. Them boys was jumping through tables in the pregame. That was wild <laughs> to see. But, Black, um, I know Buffalo is one of your picks to get to the mm-hmm. AFC title game. They indeed got there. What was your take on this Buffalo and Baltimore ball game? Oh, uh, defensive battle, man. Um surprising to me i was expecting it i was expecting some some points to be, really be scored not not high scoring but i expected some points to be scored in this game but both defenses came out and you know uh flexed their muscle in this game if uh the defense won i feel like the defense won this game for buffalo with a big time interception uh return for a touchdown uh i also seen what i seen last week and this week with Josh Allen didn't make, look horrible in the first half, but came out in the second half in the first drive of getting the ball back and changed the game around. Got a touchdown to Diggs when it mattered. They didn't allow Lamar to do what he usually do is just running all over the field. They didn't allow that. And then with him getting hurt and getting knocked out, 
uh, the Buffalo Bills was able to put this game away. Am I concerned about Buffalo's offense? Yes, I am. But this is the playoffs. You know, this is the playoffs. I don't think you're just going to go up and down the field and score what you want, especially when you're facing good top-tier defenses in the league. They faced the Colts last week, Baltimore this week, and now next week they go face another top defense in the in the Kansas City Chiefs. So Offense. Um, offense and defense in the Kansas City Chiefs. So it's going to be interesting to see what the Bills can do offensively. I feel like the defense is holding their own, and, and they tighten stuff up after that Colts game because they look really bad in that Colts game. But what it was able to make it out of there. So shout out to uh the Buffalo Bills on advancing to the AFC championship. Yeah, I'm gonna start with the Ravens. Uh shout out to that Ravens defense. They gave Buffalo all they can handle and then some. This final score was 17 to 3. The Buffalo Bills often scored one touchdown. That's it. Lamar Jansen threw a pick and it ran the other way for 101 yards. That was your other touchdown. And they kicked the field goal. Buffalo don't look good. The offense don't look good. Josh Allen looks like he's game managing. He had one good drive, and in this game, that's all you needed. Because Baltimore can't do anything offensively. Baltimore's, and I say this all the time, the way they run their offense is always going to come back to bite them in the butt. And that's what happened. Tuck comes out and doinks two field goals. Tuck left six points on the field. Mm-hmm. Was those six points would have made a difference? No, it would have been nine to seventeen. Buffalo. Lamont throws a pick early in the third quarter. They house it. <laughs> Ravens can't respond. Ravens got to get some more playmakers on the outside, and they got to up that playbook on the offensive side of the ball because Lamar was shut down. When you look at Lamar's numbers yesterday, was Lamar bad? I wouldn't say he was bad. He was okay. Fourteen for twenty-four. Only 162 yards passing and one pick. He had nine carries for 34 on the ground. So did he play bad? I ain't going to say he played bad, but he didn't do enough. He won't play off ready, and then he get knocked out of the game. Then he gets knocked out of the game in uh, the fourth quarter. In the fourth quarter. Um, and, you know, it was ironic that it happened. It was ironic that Lamar got knocked out of the game. By that time, you know, they brought in Tyler Huntley, and then it was what it was. I was really underwhelmed by this game, and I was a lot disappointed because I expected more. But let me talk to the Buffalo Bills real fast. If you think you're going to go up to Kansas City with this type of play two weeks in a row in the playoffs, you're going home. Mm-hmm. And you're going home quickly. We're going to talk about Kansas City and Cleveland in just a second. But in that first half, Black, didn't the Kansas City Chiefs get down to the red zone every drive? Yeah, they did. And if you're not in a position to respond or score, you're getting ran up out of there. Buffalo better get it together. The cuffs got to be taken off Josh Allen. I expected this championship game, even though I picked Cleveland to get there. I did pick Cleveland and KC, but obviously I didn't have it because they faced the division around. But boy, oh boy, if I'm a Kansas City Chiefs fan, I ain't worried at all next week. I'm feeling real good going into the AFC Championship game if I'm a Kansas City Chiefs fan. Black, any last remarks on this game? Oh, uh, no, man. Just like like you said, man, like Buffalo has a score, and this is one of my picks. I have to see more out of that offense. It's like they made, <laughs> they doing just enough to to get the win and, and, and depending on the defense a whole lot, which I don't think they need to do because your offense has been amazing all year. Mm-hmm. And um, we've seen Josh Allen. I, I, I love to see him respond and, and – it's different than what it was last year. 
We seen them one and done last year, but they team finding a way to win. Mm-hmm. It's ugly. It's not impressive. It's boring. But they're finding a way. Now next week is it got to be a whole different ball game. You can't just find a way next week. It better be different. It it, it got to be different because Kansas City coming up and uh, y'all got to go to Kansas City, man. And that's gonna be a real dog fight. So hopefully they we they can get it together and hopefully we'll get treated with a a good AFC championship. Hey, bro, you listening to the sports desk? All right, let's get into the first game that took place on Sunday. We had the Cleveland Browns. At the Kansas City Chiefs, and boy, 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 was it a lot, a lot going on in this game. And we have a lot to unpack and uncover in this game. Kansas City Chiefs survive, hold on, 22-17, knocking off the Cleveland Browns, advancing to their third straight AFC Championship game. This is the first team to have three straight AFC title games at home in the history of the NFL. Three straight in the AFC, the Kansas City Chiefs. Black, let's get into this game, man. Let's go ahead and start quarter by quarter because it's a lot to break down here. In the first quarter, the Chiefs thought they were going to run away, didn't they? Yeah, they did. They, they came out powerful. Yeah. They came out powerful, Black. Black, what was your take in the first quarter as you was watching the game? What did you think was going to happen? I was like, it could potentially be a long day. Yeah. You know, Kansas City was doing what they uh, wanted to do. Yeah. But I seen the Cleveland Browns stay poised. They didn't. I don't think they really took they took their tail. Uh, yeah, they hadn't took their tail yet. And... You had a, a a missed field goal there by uh, Buckner that didn't push the lead out for them in in the first in the first quarter. We talk about the first quarter, yeah, yeah, right? First yeah. Quarter. So, but Kansas City went right down the field, seven points, right down the field. So um, it was I was like, wow, man. Pat looked good. Everybody looked. Offense looked good. Kelsey looked good. They was getting Tyreek the ball in every way. It was like Tyreek couldn't be stopped at all. But yeah, that first quarter definitely. Uh, Kansas City looked like they was ready to run away with this football game. They was clicking. The engines were roaring. Everything was good to go. They were flying up and down the field. I said, oh, boy. I said, oh, boy, the Browns, don't get ran up out of here. Don't get ran up out of here, man. But like Black said, they was able to keep their composure. Patrick Mahomes was just running up and down the field, completing passes. One wild stat during the game, they ran 21 plays uh, in the first quarter, and they grabbed 12 first downs. And 21 plays. They were averaging eight yards per play in the first 20 plus games, 20 plus plays in that game. That's ridiculous. I'm on the computer doing some work, and then I hear that stat. I said, What? I said, 21 plays in the 12 first downs? (laughs) That's like a video game stat. That don't even make no sense. Crazy. But that's what happened, man. All right, let's get into the second quarter. Let's go into the second quarter, man. More Chiefs. More Chiefs in the second quarter. Chiefs scored 13 points in the second quarter. Cleveland scores nothing. Late in the second quarter, Cleveland looked like they were going in for a touchdown, but the ball got punched out at the goal line, and it, it rolled out of bounds, and uh, they didn't get anything from it. So at this point in the game, Black, what are you seeing? Are you seeing Cleveland starting to you know, push to get in this game, or does it still look like Kansas City getting ready to run away with it? Um, Kansas City, it seemed like they was about to run away because you got that. You were on the third. Cleveland had them on the third down. On the third down on that play that uh, he threw the ball to Travis Kelsey and he scored. So, you had that happen. So, Cleveland had to respond in, in, in that way. And they came out and responded, but they had the ball on that big play, get uh, get knocked out and go in the back of the end zone for a touchback. So, they couldn't get nothing. They couldn't get nothing there. But it, it looked like, in, well, in the second quarter, the, the Kansas City Chiefs was doing what they wanted to do. They scored 13 points. 
It scored 13 points in the second quarter. And you still didn't you and you got a uh, goose egg from 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 Cleveland <laughs> right. in the second quarter. So that's not that's not winning football. It is not winning football. Then we went to halftime, and that's when things started to get interesting. In the third quarter, Cleveland got on the board, got a touchdown, chipping at the lead. Kansas City gets the ball back. They got a field goal. Kansas City gets the ball back after uh, Baker Mayfield interception to Tyrone Matthew. But then unthinkable happened, Black. The, the 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 league's best player, the league's babyface, Patrick Mahomes, gets knocked out of the game. Concussion, nasty hit that he took, driven down into the grass, knocked himself out. It did seem scary watching it live because he was woozy and he was stumbling and couldn't get to his feet and, and keep his composure. But at that point in time, Black, what is running through your mind with the game getting closer and closer as Pat Mahomes is knocked out of the game. What do you think it did? Tell me, Black. Just a little bit of you said, <laughs> oh, boy, Browns finna win this game. Just yeah, I, I said the Browns got a chance to pull this out. Uh-huh. And I was like, boy, deep, deep uh, pick may come, <laughs> <laughs> may come to fruition. Right. You know, with the Browns. But, uh, yeah, man, in that third quarter, and I didn't get to see the play until, like, later on after. But, man, uh, clean hit. Clean hit by the – by the defender on Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Patrick, just the way that he came down, he fell uh face first into the into the ground. So it's just a it's just a freak, you know, accident, you know, for him to go out that type of way. But when he went out, uh Kansas City Chiefs offense wasn't able to do nothing. They scored three points. Yeah. They scored three points and and that was what they scored the rest of the way. Yep. And but um when you lose the best player and the best player on your team. You know, you have to uh you have to make adjustments and I seen the defense stepped up and got quality stops that they needed to get in that in that in that tail end of the third quarter going into the fourth. Yeah, man, I was uh I was sitting in my chair, man, and I said, Oh no. <laughs> when Mahomes went down. I said, Oh no. And I did say to myself, I said, Man, Cleveland Browns might come back and win this game. Like, really, really win the game. And as soon as I say that, Kareem Hunt walks in for a touchdown. <laughs> and I said, oh, boy, it's 17 to 22. A lot of time left in the fourth quarter. And I said, man, what in God's green earth is Chad Henney going to do to help the Kansas City Chiefs get to the AFC Championship? And by God, Black, on a third and 15, <laughs> the old wily veteran from the Jacksonville Jaguars Takes off running, my boy. <laughs> and gobbles up 14 of those 15 yards because initially we thought he got the first down. And I looked at you, Black, and I said, oh, yeah, he ain't got to pay for dinner, beer, nothing for the rest <laughs> of his life. He might as well buy him a house in Kansas City, stay there. He going to have a job. They going to take care of Chad Henney in Kansas City if he could get them boys to the AFC title game. And on that very next play, that's exactly what he did. Me and Black was watching the play. Me and Black was watching the play. I said, Black, the way they line up, they finna roll out. They finna roll out and get it out. And that's exactly what they did. They mm -hmm. did a Patrick Mahomes play with Chad Henney. Rolled it out, toss it to Tyreek. Tyreek stays in bounds. Kansas City Chiefs move on to the AFC Championship game. I said, if Cleveland gets this ball back, they gonna win this game. But they didn't get it. They didn't. They didn't get the opportunity. Would I would have loved to seen Cleveland get the ball back to see what would happen? Absolutely. It's theater. Yeah. That's what we want here. Theater. But mm -hmm. we also want to see the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC Championship game 
taking on the Buffalo Bills, and that's exactly what we are going to get. So, Black, what's your thoughts on Chad Henney, my boy? Man, <laughs> it, it just sucks so bad that it's an ex-Jaguar that's getting cold. <laughs> but shout out to Chad, man. Chad has been doing it for a long time, man. That that 14-yard run he made look like the slowest thing I ever seen watching paint dry. <laughs> But it worked. <laughs> but it worked. It worked, man. It, did. it worked. And I was telling when we was watching, I was like, they just finna try to pull him off sides. They ain't gonna go for it. He was like, nah, bro. They finna roll out. And I was like, okay, we're gonna see. And they rolled out. <laughs> and they rolled out. I wasn't expecting them to do that. I thought they were just gonna try to draw him off sides yeah. and give Cleveland the ball back. But uh shout out to Eric B enemy for rolling the dice, my yes, boy. He did. Rolling the dice. That's why he one of the top uh offensive coordinators in the National Football League. And uh, the Chiefs uh, advance to the AFC Championship. Yes, they do. The Chiefs advance to the AFC Championship game. So the AFC Championship game is set uh, next Sunday, 640. CBS, Bills, <laughs> they take that trip. They go up to Arrowhead, man, face Kansas City Chiefs at night. Everybody got their fingers crossed that Patrick Mahomes is okay and he will be able to play because that's what we want to see. Even though Chad Henney had a fine moment today, we don't want Chad Henney starting next Sunday in the AFC Championship game. We need Patty Mahomes out there. <laughs> yeah, you're right. And hopefully he is okay and we get to see that matchup. I mean, let's keep it real. Bills and Chiefs have been the best teams in the AFC all year. Mm. Probably the best teams in the NFL all year, honestly, if you want to really talk about it. But this is going to be a colossal matchup. Uh, me and Black going to give you another episode this week. We're going to talk about Championship Sunday but because uh, we don't want to break down everything because we have the Bucks and the Saints going at it right now. It is three to nothing uh, in uh, New Orleans at this very moment So we want to talk about both games leading up to that But Black, just real quick man You called this pick You had the Saints, you had the Chiefs in the NFC Championship game Black, what are just what, what are your thoughts as a fan? Just tell me what you want to see next next Sunday What do man, you want to I see? Just, I, like you said, I want to see theater, man I, <laughs> yeah. want, I want to see Josh Allen I want to see Josh Allen throwing it to digs I want to see Pat Mahomes doing it, Tyree, Kelsey. I just want to see a big boy matchup. Like you said, these teams have potentially been the best two teams in the NFL all year. Yeah. Do it feel like he's getting little – does it feel like if Pat Mahomes played, Kansas City could run away with this because of what we've seen out of Buffalo? Yes, it does. Because we haven't seen what we got in the regular season from Buffalo in the playoffs. They've just been doing enough to get by. Yeah. But, man, I hope for a exciting AFC championship. I'm just <laughs> – I'm excited, man. The, the two teams I got going there, they are there. So, I'm looking forward to this one. I'm really going to enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, me too. I'm looking for big boy game, big boy football like you said. I'll take a 55-50 game. I'll take bombs away, touchdowns on top of touchdowns on top of touchdowns. I just want excitement. I want a fun game. I want to be on the edge of my seat, you know, uh, of this game. And, and I hope we get that. But first, ultimately, starting with Pat Mahomes being healthy to play. They're going to keep that quiet all week long. Yeah, they is. We won't know if Pat Mahomes going to be able to play probably till Sunday night leading into the game uh, on uh, – I mean, on Saturday night leading up to the game on Sunday because, you know, they're going to keep this – that's 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 the uh, merchandise, yeah. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, and not just the merchandise for the Kansas City Chiefs, but the merchandise for the National Football League. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So uh, that's that, that's what we're looking at there. But yeah, like Black said, looking for excitement, looking for a lot of fun. All right, before we transition to our other NFL stories, like I said, Bucks and Saints, but we learned some news, some breaking news. Uh, I ain't gonna really say it was breaking news. It was talked about pretty much all year after we learned that Drew Brees had signed a contract with NBC. Uh, to go work for them after he retires, and they have made it official that this would be Drew Brees' 
potential last game. This is his last home game in New Orleans. Drew Brees will be retiring whenever his season ends. So real quick, Black, you know, just, just off the top of your dome, where does Drew Brees rank all time? All oh. time. When you hear the name Drew Brees, what do you immediately think? I think you have to put Drew Brees up there, man, uh, amongst the greatest, greatest, greatest quarters, quarterbacks. Um, I'm not, I wouldn't put him on the same level as a, a Tom Brady or Peyton Manning and those guys. He's just, uh, he's been a, he's been a durable, outstanding quarterback in the National Football League. Uh, he's been able to do great things. He's played football a long time, and he's a champion. Yes. He was able to get him a, a, a championship. He went to New Orleans and revived the New Orleans Saints, and then he went into a situation where you had in New Orleans where you stood up with Katrina and everything that's going on for, for that city in New Orleans. So shout out to him, man, on his career. Great quarterback. Uh, always exciting football when Drew Brees was on the football field with that. All that talent they had over got over here in New Orleans, but man, he's going to be missed. He's one of he's one of the greats. He's going to be missed. So shout out to him and on his new ventures of uh, becoming a commentator for NBC, a, a, a media person. So shout out to him on um, on a great career in the NFL. Yeah, yeah, Breeze is top ten all time. He's a top ten all time quarterback. This is uh he's number one or number two in most touchdowns. And most passing yards in NFL history, uh, like Black said, he put a heart in the chest of the city of New Orleans. Him and Sean Payton, when they got there, um, all of his work, what he did with Katrina, um, just his his consistency as a quarterback. Last couple of years, Drew Brees has dealt with some injuries. But I think all in all, when I hear the name Drew Brees, I'm going to think of consistency. I'm going to think durability. I'm going to think, you know, wow, it was sure fun to watch him and the Saints play uh, when he played for them, because no one really talks about his Chargers days. Mm-mm. You know, nobody really talks about it, and probably rightfully so, because he was there for a little while. Then he got injured. The Miami Dolphins, the league wouldn't let him have him because he didn't pass the medical exam. The Dolphins wouldn't bring him in. That was Nick Saban's first year. Nick Saban wanted True Breeze, couldn't get him. He ended up going to New Orleans, and wow, I wonder if Nick Saban says to himself sometimes, "Man, I probably would have still been in the National Football League if Drew Brees was my quarterback." And if you think about it. He probably would be still in the NFL, and we wouldn't have Alabama running the muck <laughs> in college football. But, yeah, shout-out to Drew Brees. Uh, whenever his season ends, you know, it'll be a job well done and salute. Uh, he is an all-time great, no doubt about it. All right, Black, let's transition back into this hometown business. Hometown business of the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> now, we did a State of the Union of the Jacksonville Jaguars um, when did we do that? We did that uh Friday. Mm-hmm. We did that Friday and we dropped it Friday. But before we get going, my man Rashad had a soundbite and he begged me, Black. He begged me to play this soundbite and he said he wanted to address some things. So we're going to play uh this soundbite from Rashad. This is Rashad's Corner. Uh, y'all go check out that State of the Union of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, it's out on all DSPs. Appreciate all the support. Here's Rashad with Rashad's Corner. Sports desk, what's going on, man? Um, News ain't official yet, but uh, it looks like we are going to hire Urban. But I got to talk to some of you niggas, man. I've been on social media all day long, and I keep seeing this same bullshit-ass mm. narrative mm, can I get about that? the fact that... Oh, my bad. My bad, Rashad. My bad. My bad. My bad. We're going to start that over. Sports desk, what's going on, man? 
Um, news ain't official yet, but uh, it looks like we are going to hire Urban. But I got to talk to some of you niggas, man. I've been on social media all day long. And I keep seeing this same bullshit-ass narrative about the fact that Urban Meyer, being a college coach, coaching kids, he can't coach grown men. Let me tell you niggas something about winners. (laughs) When a nigga is a winner, that's what he do. And y'all know, for months I told y'all, I wanted a black head coach and I wanted a black GM. I felt like for player relation purposes, that's what we needed to do. But when you got Urban fucking Meyer on the board, there is no conversation. I don't look at color anymore. I look at resume. We talking about. Oh, Lord. Rashad is just so violent that it didn't want to play all the way through. Hold on. Let me see if I can catch it. College coach. Okay. Coaching kids. He can't coach grown men. Let me tell you niggas something about winners. When a nigga is a winner, that's what he do. And y'all know, for months I told y'all, I wanted a black head coach and I wanted a black GM. I felt like for player relation purposes, that's what we needed to do. But when you got Urban fucking Meyer on the board, there is no conversation. I don't look at color anymore. I look at resume. We talking about Urban Meyer. I'm sick of you pessimistic ass niggas with this shit talking about Urban can't coach grown men. Are you stupid? It's still a football. It's still 100 yards and 40 yards wide. That's what it is. It's still football. Urban Meyer didn't have the best players in college football when he was at Bowling Green. Urban Meyer did not have the best... players in college football when he was at Utah and beat Alabama with Utah. What the fuck has Utah did in the last... I'm trying... This is just... (laughs) I've never seen so many dumb fans. The Jaguars literally has the dumbest fan base in the universe. And I understand they Mm. jaded. I understand it. But, dog, when you got Urban Meyer and Trevor coming to town, this is foolproof. Oh, the other part is Urban got his he 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 got he got the, the cysts on his brain straight. He had the surgery. They told him he fine. He's gonna be fine. Urban wouldn't take this job if he didn't feel like he was gonna be fine. If he wasn't ready for that grind, it's been a couple of years. It's gonna be way easy. He ain't got to deal with kids. And oh, my girlfriend broke up with me, and now I'm hurting. I'm, I got to do this school stuff. These are grown men. All, this is all. This is only going to be about ball. Straight ball. We talking about Urban Meyer. We got to stop with this narrative. Please. Urban Meyer coming to town, man. I just had to tell y'all, man, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited. This is the best day in Jaguar history, period. If you could have told me. When all that stuff was going on in 2018 with Jalen, with all the stuff that was going on in 2019, if you would have told me, Rashad, you're going to be able to get Trevor Lawrence and Urban Meyer be your coach, I'd have said sign me up. Sign me up right now. Sign me up. I don't know what, I don't know how bad this is going to be, but if you could have told me that three years ago, 
I would have said sign me up. And we here now. So I'm just letting y'all know right now. It's finna get ignorant. I am an ignorant Jaguar fan. I've always have been, but I've been ignorant to a loser. I, well, I don't I don't know what's gonna happen when we win eleven games a year. And that's what's gonna happen. When you when you got quarterbacks, when you got a quarterback and a coach like these two people who are winners, they don't know anything but win. Yep. That's the kind of stuff that you got to look forward to. And I'm not talking to you stupid niggas no more. That's going to tell me about he can't coach grown men. Sports Desk, I'll holla at y'all. Wow, Black. Mm. Did Rashad have something to get off his chest there? Yes, he did, sir. My goodness. I wasn't expecting those fireworks. I, I know, he, I I know he told us we need to play it, but yeah. boy, I see why you held on to that <laughs> damn boy. Because, wow. Wow. I, 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 I did not expect that either from Rashad. Uh, that was an explicit version of Rashad's corner. Uh, yeah, my man just had to get it off his chest, man, and we appreciate him doing that for us here at the Sports Desk. But all right, Black. <laughs> Let's get into some news, man. Let's get into some news with the Jaguars. Of course, Urban Meyer is a new head coach of the Jaguars. He's already signed on Charlie Strong to be his assistant head coach. Now, rumors were swirling. He was going to be the D coordinator, and uh, he was going to be the linebackers mm-hmm. coach. But no, he is the assistant head coach to Urban Meyer and possibly bringing in Raheem Morris to be the defensive coordinator. Mm. Uh, they will be interviewing him tomorrow. I believe that's what I saw earlier today. I love that. Black, what do you think? It just Let's talk about those two moves right there. Charlie Strong, Raheem Morris, for the defensive purposes of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, I love the Charlie Strong move. It's already been noted that Charlie Strong loves Urban Meyer and say he'll, he'll go to war with Urban Meyer. So that move, uh, if, you're, if you're a true drag raw fan and supporter, you knew that he was coming. Uh, the Raheem Morris, Morris move, man, I hope, I hope it gets done. Because he took over the Atlanta Falcons, where the Atlanta Falcons had uh, had a, a good defense all year, just that the offense was torrid, horrible. <laughs> I mean, the offense was terrible. Terrible. But their defense stood up strong. They Defense won some games for them last year. I think Raheem Morris will be a good fit here in Jacksonville. Same. I know him and uh, Urban Meyer got some type of connection through Dan Quinn some type of way. Yeah. and. Uh, they friends some type of way out. I, I, I don't know uh, exactly what it is, but they say he flies in town tomorrow and has dinner with Urban tomorrow, and then interviews on Tuesday. Okay, for the head of I me mean, for the defensive coordinator. Uh, being to be the defensive coordinator. Sorry, I like it, man. Urban said it at the press conference. His first job is to hire an elite staff, mm. elite staff, and Charlie Strong is well respected. Wherever he goes for defensive purposes, money, money. And I have a hard time thinking that it won't translate to the National Football League. Let's remind everybody, Jaguar fans, Jaguar organization, Jaguar players, me and black, we're losers. <laughs> we don't we don't know. We, we had one taste of, 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 of success, just one small taste of success. And now back to the dump. So Urban Meyer going out, grabbing uh, um, Charlie Strong, interviewing Raheem Morris. These guys are proven. They know defense. They know ball. They have energy. They have passion. 
Urban Mind trusts these men, and wherever he has gone, he's had an excellent staff, and he's beginning to do that. So I hope that we can bring in Raheem Morris since he wasn't granted that Atlanta Falcons job, and I don't know if he's up for any other head coaching job. So it looks like Jacksonville is going to be um, the spot to come to for a lot of upstart, uh, brilliant mind coaches because it's something special happening here. Mm-hmm. It's something special happening here. So I'm, I'm excited to see it, man. Uh, Black, um, let's talk about Urban Myers a little bit more uh, of his press conference. Let's talk about that one thing that he said. And I think a lot of Jaguar fans um, need to really think about this. Jaguar supporters need to think about this. Respecting that emblem, mm-hmm. that Jaguar logo. When we see that Jaguar logo, it need to be respect attached to it. Accountability needs to be attached to it. Black, I know we spoke on it a little bit on the special edition, State of the Union of the Jaguars. But Black, what does that mean to you, man? Because when we look at the New England Patriots logo, what do we think? Excellence, greatness. Mm-hmm. When we look at the Dallas Cowboys logo, what do we think? Boy, they really got it popping in Dallas. When we look at the Green Bay Packers logo, what, what is it? Man, greatness, his, his history, his story. Mm-hmm. When we look at the Jacksonville Jaguars logo, it's a bunch of laughing, finger pointing, idiots like Randy Moss talking Down outside of his dumps. neck. Down in the dump. So what'd you think? What'd you think? Because I didn't expect Urban to go there with it. So I was really taken aback when he said, I was like, whoa. So what did you think, Black? Just what did you think about Urban talking about the Jaguar logo? Yeah, I wasn't shocked that he said that. Because, you know, every stop Urban, Urban Meyer has been in college football, he always said you're going to this logo will be respected. When he was at Bowling Green, when he was at Utah, when he was at Florida, when he was at Ohio State. Yeah. You're going to respect that logo that you're playing for. When you put that uniform on and those colors on the helmet on, you're going to respect it. Right. And um, that's, that's how it needs to be when you're playing football. I, I think is, and I think that's, I honestly think it's, that's more for the football players, not everybody else around the league. I think that's more for the football players that you have. Respect that logo, respect it, you know, and, 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 and those are the things that we want to hear from our football coach. You know, yeah. when you step foot in this building, when you step on that football field, you show that you show that Wildcat some respect. You show that Jaguar some respect. I'm sorry. You when you come into work, you show it respect. And that's what we need here in Jacksonville. Because it wasn't a, it's not a lot of respect, like you said, D. It's not none. It's nothing. Everybody look look at the Jaguar logo. I, <laughs> kick that off to the side. You can throw that in the over there in, in the dumps, man. Yeah. We don't we don't care nothing about that. But Urban Meyer says no more, no more, no more. So I love what he said, man, and took that stand, man, to show that the, the Jacksonville Jaguars will be respected. Absolutely, I think the same thing. I, I agree with you, Black. I believe it was for the players. I believe it was for the people working in that building. I think it was for uh, it, it was a flare up in the air for the fans. You know, for the fans to get word of that and hear, you know what I'm saying, the Jaguar logo to be respected. In my opinion, the Jaguar logo is one of the cooler looking logos in the league. If you look at it, it's a nice looking logo. Mm-hmm. That teal tongue, the Jaguar, it, it's really detailed. But I like that Urban said it. That lets me know that he is all in for real. And I didn't get the feeling from Urban during this press conference that, man, he just here to make some money. He just here to show bold and, and tell us what he's done in the past. Nah, like this man is engaged. Mm-hmm. He's committed. His energy. I mean, this man barely smiled. <laughs> that let me know everything. It wasn't a whole oh, man. I'm so glad to be here in Jackson. No, it wasn't none of that. I'm here to work. Mm-hmm. And this is a place that I feel was best for me. 
And we're going to do what we got to do, and I'm excited to see it. So we're going to be talking about more moves as they come along. Right now we have Charlie Strong as assistant head coach, meeting with Raheem Morris to be the defensive coordinator uh, on Tuesday. And, uh, you know, we'll see what else we got coming along. Black, you got something? Yeah, let me ask you this. What do you think with him, with uh, Charlie Strong being the assistant head coach, what do you feel like his role could be? We know he's the assistant head coach, but you think he will have his his head in with her, if it's Raheem Morris as a deep coordinator, you think he'll poke his poke his head in on that on the defensive side of the ball? No, nah, I think Charlie Strong. I mean, obviously, yeah, on the defensive side of the ball, him and Raheem Morris have excellent dialogue every single day and on game days. I'm sure for sure, but I think he's here for the culture. Okay, I think he's here to be right along Urban Meyer with pushing the culture. Okay, the energy, the way we talk, the way we walk, you know, the way we approach the game of football, the way we practice. If you've seen clips of Charlie Strong, you can go over YouTube with the clips of him coaching like in practice. This man is a maniac. Yeah, he is. He's a maniac, and I think that's why he's here. Okay. And I think I think that Urban sees that, hey, I'm going to bring in Charlie. We're going to get him right, and Charlie's going to start getting some opportunities in the NFL. In the NFL. Because, because the media has pushed the narrative that college coaches can't coach in the, in the National Football League. That's a lie. That's a lie. If you know X's and O's, you can coach. But if you're not a leader, you won't win. Mm-hmm. And that's that's it. Urban Meyer is a leader. X's and O's, you can go talk to a high school. You can get a high school head football coach and an NFL head football coach and put them at a dinner table. They'll talk ball for 12 hours because they understand the game. Mm-hmm. They understand X's and O's. They understand the shotgun. They understand the eye formation. They understand the wildcat. They understand trips left, trips right. They understand it. But when you talk about leadership, you can't talk about it. Mm-hmm. You got to see leadership. And that's what Urban Meyer bringing to the table, leadership. And the way that it's going with the people he bringing in, that elite staff will be elite. Mm-hmm. Compared with that, compared with the elite staff and leadership and the culture changing, man, okay. <laughs> man, okay. <laughs> but we're going to follow, of course, the Jacksonville Jaguars very, very closely as they bring in uh, the staff and make all the moves uh, that they're going to be making uh, You know, into this very um, – Exciting off season. Yeah, we can't. We haven't been able to say that mm, in, in, a, in a long, long time. time. Yeah, in a long time. All right, but let's switch uh, gears to Deshaun Watson, the Houston Texans. We heard what Andre Johnson had to say in his tweet uh, earlier, and we've been getting all the alerts and the reports probably for the last week or so. You know, look like Houston is leaning towards giving Deshaun uh, his wish. Now, this is the one scenario that I've seen today. Now, Black, what? Let me know what you think about this. J.J. Uh, Watt is probably gone from Houston. All right, he's going to be a free agent. JJ is free agent yet? Yeah. He's, oh man, he's con- I believe his contract is up. Yeah. Okay. He's been showing frustration. We seen him in the press conference talking crazy, and it looks like he's had it with the Texans, and he's looking for a fresh start. So J.J. White could J.J. Watt could be out. He's getting long in the tooth, but he's still a productive player. But Black, what do you think about this? And this is what I've seen. Bosa and picks for Deshaun Watson, 49ers in Houston. Mm. You send Bosa from the 49ers and picks to Houston for Deshaun Watson, straight up. What you uh, think about man, it? I like little young Bosa, though. I know you do. I like Deshaun. <laughs> <laughs> do you do it? Put your general, ma- put your general manager's it. cap on. Do you trade Bosa? If you're John Lynch, do you trade Bosa 
Let's say it's two first-round picks and two second-round picks for Deshaun Watson to bring him to San Francisco. D, because of the way the game is now, you have to. No, no, no. You have to. If you're the general manager, (laughs) if Ernest Lockwood has the general manager hat on for the San Francisco 49ers and that phone rings and the Houston Texans say, Ernest, we want to give you Deshaun Watson, but in return, we want Bosa, two first rounds, a second and a third. What do you tell them, Black? Uh, I would have to take it. Okay. I would have to take it. Reason reason being um, Deshaun Watson, man. Everything he's done, and you could potentially say the quarterback position held the 49ers back from winning the Super Bowl. (laughs) (laughs) For winning the Super Bowl, and then you put him with one of the brilliant minds in football and Kyle Shanahan. Brilliant. Running the brilliant minds in football. Yes. And then his career, everything that we know we want to see out of Deshaun, you'll see that in San Francisco. Right away. Because Kyle Shanahan is going to put him in those positions. Positions to succeed. This is a guy who was on a horrible team that led the league in passing yards this year. So I would definitely have to pull a trigger on that. I would hate to lose young Bosa. It's good to see he is, but I would have to uh, go ahead and pull the trigger. You can have those two first round Bosa and the two second rounds for Deshaun Watson. Man, I will pack up <laughs> Bosa in a heartbeat. I wouldn't even, I'll be like, oh, that's all you want? You can you look. There's there's exceptional defensive linemen and defensive end, and I understand that. Quarterbacks win rings. Quarterbacks make your franchise relevant. Quarterbacks allow you to be consistent in your organization with your football team. That's what quarterbacks do. A prime example of this is JJ Watt. JJ Watt has been historically good. Historically good for the Houston Texans, but what in the hell have the Texans received from it? <laughs> Nothing. Deshaun Watson been in the league four years. Four. JJ Watton been there 29,000 years. And they ain't got nothing, bro. This man was consensus number one player in the NFL for like three years straight in his prime. You put Deshaun Watson with the San Francisco 49ers, he'll be the MVP next season. He will. The San Francisco 49ers will win the NFC West. Mm -hmm. And they will be a top seed in the NFC. Deshaun Watson and Kyle Shanahan is a match made in heaven. Mm -hmm. Heaven. So, I hope he ends up in San Francisco. Now, I haven't thought about any other teams, but I'm going to start with Houston. They're incompetent. Shout out Freddie Bricks. <laughs> They're incompetent. They have let down the city of Houston. Houston is a bonfire. They have taken the place of the Jaguars. This organization is bottom feeding trash. The ownership, the general manager that they hired, it's nothing there. Deshaun came out last night and tweeted, I done went from a 2 to a 10. And all representatives in the media believe that Deshaun has played his final game in Houston because Deshaun will not be reporting to the Houston Texans. So if I'm Houston, start over now, Black. Mm. Start over now. 
Get rid of Deshaun, get something back for him, and try to rebuild. Because you got no money. None. You got no draft picks. None. No free agents are coming to see you. Like, you got anything on this bonfire in Houston? Man, it's just horrible, man. Like, and it's only one man that's responsible for this BS in Houston. And his name is Bill O'Brien. It all started with DeAndre Hopkins. And it seemed like ever since then, the wheels are fully off the train. <laughs> Indeed. I mean, this guy has set a franchise back and has it looking very embarrassing in the National Football League. It's crazy, bro. Now, he has went on and become the offensive coordinator for the Alabama Crimson Tide. And leaving Houston in the dumps. So, I, don't, I, I blame Bill O'Brien. I blame ownership. Yeah. They're to the blame as well. Yeah. Because you have a once-in-a-lifetime franchise quarterback who you just paid. Why don't you talk to him about the, the moves that need to be made here in Houston? Yeah, show he's respect. Your, he's your face. He's your leader. Show respect. Show respect to this man. And from what it looked like, and, 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 and if you piss a man off while he's on vacation, you know it's real. <laughs> this man was on vacation with his beautiful girlfriend, and y'all pissed him off. He had on Versace shorts on the front of a boat. Well, his shirt was off. He had like $19,000 worth of jewelry on his neck. <laughs> and I'm like, what are, what are y'all doing in Houston? But now that Deshaun's mad, y'all trying to, oh man, let's let's do this. Oh, let's 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 interview Eric B. Enemy. Let's 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 do this. Let's let's talk to Deshaun. Deshaun ain't got nothing to say to y'all, bruh. Handled him wrong. Handled and now he wrong. ready to go. He ain't have on a San Francisco jersey for nothing. He ready to go. He didn't have on the Joe Montana for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't know, Deshaun Watson spent a lot of his offseason in California. He ready to go. He's ready to go. Mm-hmm. And Houston, y'all have dropped the ball on this. For sure. Y'all just paid this guy. Big time money. Big time. Yeah, franchise money. Franchise money. And he deserves it. Yes, he does. Houston, just go ahead and let the man go. There's nothing else to be said. Y'all get y'all get picks back. Y'all get picks. Y'all can set up and find something. Go go a different type of way. Just let him go and do what he needs to do because y'all have y'all are going to ruin this guy if he stays there. Y'all are going to ruin him. I'm not. You know what? I shouldn't say that because I don't even think Deshaun Watson is the type of player who's going to let his career look bad or be ruined. Nah, he just won't win. He just he just want to win football, and Houston Texans are not built to win football games. Nope. The Houston Texans will be the worst team in the NFL next year. Oh yeah, oh yeah. With and no Desha- first round. And pick. Deshaun Watson doesn't deserve that. He don't. He so don't. it's it's time it's time to let it go. Give Deshaun what he wants, and y'all get back something y'all want to start over. Just start over. That's what it is. Just start it over. Just start it over. Yeah, I had opportunity to uh, to call Deshaun the other day. And I asked, I asked him one thing. Why he was on vacation? Are you ready to go? 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 I just asked him, was he ready? And he told me, yes, sir. He is ready to go. All right, man. So we're going to transition out of the National Football League. And uh, we're going to get into the National Basketball Association. Breeze just be looking like he's so scared and shook, bro.
Bro, you listening to the sports dance. You trash! You not hooping! Gangsta, gangsta! Man, 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 this division around is getting, it's getting real out there. Drew Brees just threw an interception, boy. It's getting thick, getting thick, getting thick. All right, man, we're going to transition into the National Basketball Association. And, of course, man, uh, before we um, before we get started, let's do our thing, man. What what our boy at? What a nature boy at, man? Don't tell me somebody done did something. Okay. Los Angeles, home of the greatest franchise in sports, the LA Lakers, and the home of the greatest athlete in the world today, LeBron James, the King. Woo! Woo! Lakers! LeBron James. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Let's talk about it. Let's get into it, man. Black. Let's talk about our Lakers, man. Let's talk about the week of the Los Angeles Lakers. Black, man, we had a great week. Did. We had a great week, Black. I mean, I really don't have too many complaints. But I do want to highlight, uh, what was it, last Thursday when the Lakers were playing the uh, uh, OKC uh, Thunder when the James Harden trade uh, had went down. And we just obliterated the Thunder. Just, just, I mean, just smashed them boys. And and they asked LeBron and AD after the game. Uh, and I should have had these clips ready, but AD said, you know, they look good on paper. You know, we'll see. You know, they got to get out there and, you know, figure some things out. But, you know, we, we, we'll we see. Kind of just nonchalantly just blowing it off. They went to LeBron James and they asked LeBron what was his reaction to it. And LeBron was like, I ain't got no reaction. <laughs> Bron said I ain't got no reaction. I was like, oh Lord. King said he ain't got no reaction. He said, Yeah, you know, I'm focused on what we're doing over here. We're playing great basketball. We clicking. Best record in the NBA. Bron was just like reasserting, letting everybody know, like, look, it's cute. It's cute what's over there in Brooklyn. But over here, out here, <laughs> reigning and defending. Hmm. Keep that in mind. Black, what did you just think overall about how dominant the Lakers were? All week long, still remain the best record in the league. Uh, very dominant, man. I'm, I'm, I'm impressed. I, LeBron and AD and that team made not say it, but they was pissed off against OKC. They was. I believe. I, I seen it in the play. I mean, LeBron, what he hit, what five threes, made yep. five threes in that game. Yep. I mean, that team was flexing their muscle in that in that basketball game, man. And and we got to see that. So I'm excited about what I'm seeing from the Lakers, man. And um. Man, y'all better watch out, man. Like, <laughs> I thought the Lakers would come out in the beginning of this season, take it easy, but they ain't. No, they, they ain't. Not. They not. These boys are meshing well already, Facts. and we hadn't even played 15 games yet. Facts. So I'm like, man, like, what is this going to be? Like, what are they going to do? Like, and we're seeing dominance by this team Friday night. It looked like they wouldn't. They weren't interested and no, engaged in the first half, but it didn't. Turned it on in the second half, man, and got the win. One by fifteen. Everybody on everybody Friday night scored in double double figures. figures. Yeah. Yeah. I mean LeBron coming out of nowhere looking like young Bron. Yeah. With the put back dunk. Yeah. You got Cools coming off the 
coming yeah. off the screen, buckets. Clicking. You got AD, buckets. I mean, everybody, Trey's in the middle, just a dog. Clicking. Everything looks good. Yeah. No complaints on my end, D. It, if, if, if you ask me for a complaint, I, I, want, I, I want Mark Gasol to be a little more assertive and stop getting in foul trouble all the time. I'm, I'm on board with you, D. We have to do something there. We have to, man. We have to do something there because when he goes out, like, you got Trez playing the five, and I don't think that's good for us. Nah, nah. Especially, especially playoff time for basketball. Yeah. So I believe the Lakers are, I believe the Lakers see that, and I believe they would do something and make a move to get another presence down there with, with, uh, with Mark Gasol. Yeah. But other than that, man, I'm fine. Mark Gasol, he passes the ball well. He can shoot the three, too, if y'all yeah. hadn't noticed. Yeah. He can shoot the three. Yeah. It's just that he gets in foul trouble too early, and that could be a concern. Mm. But, man, I'm, 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 the Lakers are looking good, man. No complaints from me. Yeah, man. I, I, yeah, I got to say, man. I got to say the only complaint is Mark Gasol on the defensive end. It's tough to watch, man. This man goes out here and get three fouls in 30 seconds. It's like he can't move his feet against athleticism out there, and it's it's tough, man. But the 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 the, the good and the bad is when he gets on the offensive end, he's a great passer out of the post. He can hit the eighteen footer. He can hit a three. He's productive on the offensive end. He keeps the ball movement. We look great. But it's like he's the last person down on the other end running back on defense, and then he's just slapping people in the shoulder and the elbow, just getting fouled. So. We gotta do something. I'm not advocating getting rid of Marcus All, but Jesus, let's figure something out. But all in all, legs looking great. 11 and three, best record in the uh, NBA. And like you said, Black, I think we all thought they were gonna come in and coast. <laughs> we all thought, you know, LeBron wasn't gonna play some back to backs. I don't think LeBron missed a game this year. He haven't. AD only missed one game. He haven't. He AD missed on, one yet. AD only missed one. I thought these boys going to be... I expect them to, but he hasn't yet. He hasn't, but it's early in the year. That's why I thought maybe he getting in shape. Maybe he getting his legs up underneath him. Maybe, I don't know. But it was like, bro, they really finna go for this best record in the league. Well, in shape? They already in shape. Well, I'm just saying because a quick turnaround from the last season. Yeah, I don't... I, I really think these guys still... I, believe me, I know the bubble was tough. Sure. But I still think these guys, are, they still... In play, they, they, they never... They're not in playoff mode, but... It's, it's it's not a lot of time that was left off. Let me let me say that. Yeah. They didn't have a whole lot of time off, so it's not really much they needed to do. Well, I was just saying because they didn't get a lot of rest. Okay, 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 okay. That's, okay, what, I, okay, that's okay. what I'm referring to. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Yeah, they okay. they still got the, the, the juices from the bubble because they yeah. went off for a month, mm-hmm. a month and a half it. or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So that that you know that's what I was saying. But they look great. They look great. They look great. All right. So this week the Lakers, you know, our next two games are pretty interesting. Tomorrow uh, on Martin Luther King Day, uh, we got the Lakers and the Warriors, 10 o'clock mm-hmm. TNT. Look forward to seeing that at home. And then on Thursday night on TNT, we got the Bucks. We go to Milwaukee. Mm. We go to Milwaukee. I like it. Third, I like it. Two of the better teams in the league. The Bucks have the third best record in the NBA. So we go see them on Thursday, and then we close out Saturday night against a scrappy Bulls team. Zach Levine been going crazy. Yes, he have. That Bulls team is scra- and I love uh what a white uh the guard out of North Carolina I played for them to, uh I know you talking about white. with the crazy hair his yeah. last name I like him yeah he nice he's I scrappy. like him he's so they, the Billy Donovan got him playing they not yeah. winning much but he got him he got him fighting out there man mm-hmm. so shout out to Billy they Donovan they got some nice little talent out there man they do they do but I'm interested in that Warriors game I'm locked in for that 
And then we got that Bucks game on Thursday night. And they I'm definitely locked in for that. Yeah, yeah they yeah. finished with the Bulls on Saturday. So shout out to the Los Angeles Lakers. All right, Black, let's transition to the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, James Hart made his debut last night. Blockbuster trade that took place last week. Four-team trade. Uh, Rockets, Nets, Cavs, and Pacers took place last week, man. Let's get into it last night. Now, Black, we were together. And I read you the stat line. And you looked at me like I was stupid. You asked me, what's going on out there? And I said, Black James Harden got 32, 14, and 12. Kevin Durant had 42, 5, and 4. Black, these men didn't even practice. These men got off the plane. James Harden got off the plane, literally put on the jersey and went and played basketball. And this man came out 32, 14, and 12. Durant. 42 points, man, on 15 shots. Very, very impressive that they were able to do that. No practice, no nothing. Very good on the offensive end. But I hate the rain on their parade. They won the game 122 to 15. So I'm looking down the line. I'm looking at the bench. I'm looking at what we got off the bench. You want to know what they got off the bench, my boy? <laughs> we got my boy Reggie Perry with four points. Shamit, five points. Uh, Luau Carbrock, three points. And Bruce Brown Jr. with seven. Seven points. DeAndre Jordan with a whopping two points, my boy, as a starter. <laughs> There's no depth on this bench. Now, Kyrie Irving is slated to return tomorrow when the Nets take on the Bucks. They haven't cleared him yet, but all indications are that Kyrie Irving's going to play tomorrow and make his debut with James Harden. And Kevin Durant. So just real quick, Black, just off the dome, what would you think about James Harden, man, jumping off the plane, putting on the next jersey and doing his thing uh, against the Orlando Magic? Uh, impressive. Nothing we haven't seen before from him. Um, I'm not too fond of the Nets right now. You know, I'm not too fond of them, but I love to see the shoe on the other foot, my boy. You know, when LeBron James was in these in these situations where he had a big three, all the hate, all the hoopla. You know, now it's Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and uh, James Harden. And I'm looking at this situation. These boys can score the basketball, and I'm pretty sure with Kyrie coming back, he's going to give you another boost as well. My thing is, can he uh, sustain this through the whole basketball season and going into the playoffs? I don't think they're going to be able to sustain it, especially with not not getting no help out of your bench. They literally will have to have those type of numbers every night in the playoffs to to win series because they're big. You're not going to get nothing from your bench. DeAndre Jordan is a shell of himself. Mm. We know what we're going to get from KD. We know what we're going to get from James Harden. We assume what we're going to get from Kyrie Irving if he's there. I don't think he's going to hold up the whole the whole season. That's just my opinion. Mm. I think it's going to be a reason why he's not going to play basketball. I really believe that. So I, I'm cool with what they're doing right now, man. It looks good. Uh, we'll see, man. It's a long season. Like you said, no practice is very. It looks it looks good having no practice or fresh off the, off the flight from Houston to the to Brooklyn and got a, a good win against the Orlando Magic. We'll see, man. Uh, but. I'm not I'm not really impressed right now. I'm not really impressed okay. with it. Well, I'm impressed. 
I'm impressed. I'm impressed that he was able to get off the plane like he did, and he came in and gave 32, 14, and 12. And I hear everything you're saying, Black. I mentioned it too. You know, depth and that bench play is going to become a problem. But let me tell you something about the NBA. This is the greatest league in the world where you can get stuff like this. James Harden was traded from the Houston Rockets to the Brooklyn Nets to play along Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Like, bro, this is fantasy. This is this is a dream for NBA fans, basketball fans. Despite if you love or you hate Harden, Durant, or Irving, like, dog, it don't even matter what you, not you black, but just period. It don't matter what people feel about these boys. When you turn on your TV and you see those three brothers on the floor, your stomach is hurting. <laughs> if they playing against your team. It's problems. Them brothers is coming to hoop. Now, will they win a title? I don't think they will this year. But will they eventually win one? I do. I do. Kevin Durant and James Harden going to be together. Kyrie Irving is the, the piece. Will he get in line, get his ego out the way, and just go and play basketball and play his part now? We'll see. But this is the perfect duo besides LeBron James and Anthony Davis. It's Durant and Harden. I think they the perfect duo. And, and it just showed in their first game. Like they can play off each other. Bruh. Durant only need 8, 15 shots anyway, bro, to get 30. But look at James. James gave you 14 dimes. I said this about the other day. They need to move Kyrie to the shooting guard. Kyrie need to be the two. James Harden need to be the point guard. Because if James Harden can average 10 assists, which he has before, and he's led the league in assists before, mm -hmm. if he can do that for this team, bruh. Like, that's craziness. But they going to have to always be on to win a title. You're going to have to look at their stat sheet and see Durant with 31, Irving with 30, and Harden. And Harden with like 31 or 32. They'll be like absolutely unstoppable. But, you know, all in all with the Nets, we'll see. We got to see them get Irving in the mix. We got to see them come out there and do their thing. But impressive debut, you know, overall for James Harden. Um, and for the NBA, man, you always need a villain. You always need somebody, man, that you can root against and feel a way about. And it looked like it could be the Brooklyn Nets. You know, we had it with LeBron for many, many years when he was in Miami. A lot of the world wanted LeBron to lose. They didn't want to see him win. Then the Warriors thing happened. Everybody hated the Warriors, especially when Durant got there. And now it's kind of like, man, now you got this super team in Brooklyn. Because I don't think a lot of people hated when AD went to the Lakers. Mm -mm. You kind of had some people like, dang, you know, the Lakers, you know, they, 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 they deserve this. They've been down for so long. You know, you ain't really hear too much hate. You know, but Brooklyn, you know, they ain't, they haven't, have much fortune either so it's it's gonna be interesting to see but it feels like the potential is there for the nets to be the villain uh of the nba especially with the return of kyrie Irving, because kyrie Irving ain't no ain't on anyone's favorites list uh these days no he's not these days all right all right black what else we got in the nba we're just gonna go over some of the conference uh what's going on in the conferences in the NBA, we're going to go the one through the eight seed on both. And if you want to stop by Blacker team, we'll do that. Of course, you got the one seed Bucks, nine and four, followed by the Celtics, eight and four, Pacers, eight and four, 76ers, nine and five, Brooklyn, eight and six, Orlando, six and seven, followed by Cleveland and Charlotte at six and seven. Uh, that's your top uh, eight seeds. Uh, in the Eastern Conference, in the Western Conference, you have the league-leading 11-3 Los Angeles Lakers, followed by the Clippers at 9-4, Jazz at 8-4, Phoenix at 7-4, Portland 8-5, San Antonio 7-6, Mavs back in the top eight at 6-6, six six, followed by the Nuggets at 6-6. Six six. I want to stop there. Black, what's up with Jamal Murray? 
I don't know, man. What's going on with him? A little hangover from the bubble, I would say. A little. <laughs> I mean, uh, I don't know, man. Uh, it's like Jokic. I mean, it's like the Jokic's carrying them so far this season. I don't know what's up with him. He hadn't he hadn't been playing well, so uh, I hadn't and I hadn't been able to really see much of him, but. When I did the stat lines that I do see, he's not playing very well right now. So I don't know what it could be, D. Well, let me read this off to you. So you literally have one, two, three, four, five teams tied for for eighth right now. So you have Memphis at six and six. OKC, it's crazy how they just keep playing basketball at six and six. And then you got Golden State at six and six. Now, if I had to ask you this, if we was in the play-in game, well, let me ask you this. Let's say we get down to the play-in game for the eighth spot, and it's the Nuggets and the Warriors to make the playoffs. Who getting in? The Warriors. You think so? Yeah, Steph Curry. You think so? Yeah, I believe that. Okay. Yeah. All right. I, 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 All right. Believe me. I know Denver's a good team, but I like Steph. To, if if he got one game to get the eighth seed, I believe Steph's going to deliver the war and get the Warriors in there. All right, I agree with you. I, I I agree with you. I agree with you. I just want to just want to see where you was at with that. Okay. I agree with you. I want to talk about uh Portland, man, quietly. Like eight and five. Dame and CJ tanned it up right now. Doing well. I mean, Dame like had a few games this week where he had 40. Mm-hmm. A two 40 point games, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, doing well. And then CJ McCullough had some games where he had over 35. Doing well. well. Yeah, they doing good, man. Like, and then Melo. Quietly giving him that that fifteen that mm-hmm. fifteen to eighteen range, like, mm-hmm. and they look better defensively. They look better defensively. So yeah, I'm gonna yeah keep they a, look a little better. And, defensively. And, and they already beat my Lakers one time this year, so I'm going to keep a close eye yeah. out on them this year. But uh, they are really clicking so far uh, in the first half of this season. Yeah, they they are. They are. It's it's early. It's early. They started off slow, but like you said, Black, they they are um they are. Coming along, so that's pretty much going to wrap up uh, the National Football League. So we are watching. I'm um, excuse me, the National Basketball Association. So we are watching um, the divisional game between the Bucks and the Saints, and it looks like you know it is picking up. It is picking up out here. Thirteen to ten, Saints. Uh, have the lead. Jameis Winston came in through a bomb. Look like Breeze is okay. He's coming in. So I'm guessing that was just a trick play to get some offense going. But Breeze is walking back out onto the field. So this game is getting tight. It is getting tight in division around, like we like we said, uh, like we all believe that it would. All right, man. So we're gonna transfer out of the National Basketball Association. And it's time to talk about some UFC. It's time to talk about some MMA. We haven't talked about it in a while. It's been a minute, man. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. But Black, he's back. Yeah, check it. Call Lil C's. Tell that motherfucker to bring me some motherfucking weed from the hospital. Man. Fuck that. Tell that reporter to go pick up 10,000 and go pick up like 20 G's from Gina. Tell that motherfucker to get this nigga next door up out of here. That nigga be sore all night and can't sleep. And call that big butt nurse with the long hair to come suck my dick. He's back. <laughs> the notorious one, <laughs> Connor McGregor, is making his super duper duper long awaited return to the Octagon this coming Saturday night, Black. 
we are in for a treat to see the notorious one back in action at UFC 257 as he takes on Dustin the Diamond Poirier part two between both of these guys black talk to me man what are you looking forward to the most just the return of Conor McGregor how do you feel about the notorious one making uh his return well man it's gonna be I'm gonna be so hyped <laughs> to hear that song being played bro as he walked down man Connor, man, <laughs> Connor is just like, he's that dude, man. You know it. Like, I'm sitting here watching the countdown and I'm watching the interviews. Connor is just that dude for the UFC. When this guy is scheduled to fight somebody, it's like the whole atmosphere of the UFC is just changed. Yeah. It just changed, man. Like, like he said, man, you talk about record breaking numbers, record breaking this. Everything this man, he's done it. And the one time he fought last year, man, the man set records, and, and that's the only time he fought. Out of all the fights they had the rest of the year, man, nothing came close to what he did. You know, even though I know we had a pandemic and this and that, but even if we didn't, I don't think nobody would have set records like he did. Nah. Like, man, it's I'm 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 just so happy Connor back, man. Yeah. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited about this fight with him and Poirier. I'm a fan of Poirier's too. Yeah. I, I, I like Justin Poirier, but um as as the man said, um Poirier's great, but I'm 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 over there. Yeah, I'm it's you gotta be more than great to beat me. Mm-hmm. You know, I I'm looking at Connor the way he's carrying himself, what he's doing. Seem like he he on point. He focused. Yeah. He taking he taking the uh when it come to his body and his training. Yeah. He's getting the best, man. So I'm looking to see a great Conor McGregor in this fight, man. Yeah. If it Conor said he wouldn't mind if it's a war, but I wouldn't either. But Conor was like, you got to look at wars different. Like he was like, I'm planning to get this boy out of here. Yeah. You know, Connor's not playing no joke. And I know Justin Poirier's, I mean, I know he's going to be gamed, but I don't think it's going to be enough. I don't think it's going to be enough. I think Connor's going to overwhelm him, man. I think Connor is on a mission. Like, uh, it was said, man, this guy, and uh, Daniel Cormier said it perfect. He was like, you got to look at this guy. He got all the money in the world that you can have. Yeah. What's conti- Why does he want to continue to fight? Right. He don't have to fight. No. So it's something driving him. Mm-hmm. And that's scary for Connor as a fighter. Mm-hmm. That's scary. He's not just going in there, oh, I just finna get another pay. They know. He on a mission trying to do something here. Yeah. And that's what makes this even scarier with him. I, I I feel like the guys that they're gonna put in front of him, man, I feel like he's gonna destroy him. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not saying none of the fights won't be tough, but I just feel like Connor is going to be victorious because he's on a mission for something. And then every time we've seen Connor on a mission and focus, we have fireworks. Yeah, I'm truly excited. This, this is my guy here. This is my guy, Mr. McGregor. Before McGregor blew up on the scene, <laughs> uh, I was rocking with him. We had a little three braids in the top of his head, and he was out there <laughs> fighting in Boston and, and fighting Dennis Seaver uh, uh, on those cards, man. And he was just wilding out trying to get that fight with Aldo. I just like his swag and his bravado, just everything about him. And my God, has he blown up to be the biggest superstar that sports ever seen. For a while, I was saying it was Ronda Rousey. I said, Ronda Rousey will forever be the biggest star that MMA has seen. And for, 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 for what it's worth, yes, Ronda was a great big star, but can't hold a candle to this man. 
can't hold a candle to him. Uh, this this dude McGregor has really came in and taken <laughs> over the game. And not only is he not a great fighter, he's a great fighter, excellent showman, <laughs> excellent promoter, excellent energy business. I mean, this dude is the total package. And McGregor has turned into the Floyd Mayweather of MMA. You want the fight with McGregor. Why? You get the big payday. You get the big spotlight. Everybody want to talk to you, and you want to be the guy to put Conor down. You want to be the guy. We've seen Conor McGregor lose two fights in the last, what, maybe seven years? Mm-hmm. He lost to Nick, Nick, uh, Nate Diaz when he moved up from featherweight to welterweight in one week. Mm-hmm. And he got choked out by a way bigger man. No excuses. He lost the fight. But that was guts. It was. I didn't take that for a loss for Conor. That'd be a loss in the record books. But that heart, that he, this man moved up to 170 in a week. To face Crazy. Dog, and it was wild. But what happened? Six months later, I, Connor told uh, 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 Nate, Dana White, okay. I ain't fighting nobody else until you give me that rem- I ain't Don't ask me to fight nobody. And what Dana going to do? Okay. <laughs> Put him back in there with Nate, and he whooped him. He whooped him. So, look. Dustin Poirier is a dangerous opponent for Conor McGregor. Mm-hmm. Big-time striker. Very good boxer. Moves well on his feet. Dustin had a hell of a year last year. Interim world champ. Beat uh, Holloway. Um, beat um, Gaethje. Gaethje. I mean, he just... Alvarez. Great fighter. Mm-hmm. Got in there, and of course, you know, he feels short to Khabib like so many have come to do. Conor is one of those people on that list as well. But I think Dustin just had a nice run. He's a, he was a veter- He's a veteran fighter. I just think he had a nice run. He kind of got what was due to him. He seems like a great guy, and he got a great opportunity. But now he's getting in there against something that's utterly out of this world. Mm. Black, you said it very, very perfectly, my man. This man is focused beyond like we've ever seen. You hear when he talk. You, we saw it when he was getting ready to fight Cowboy. Something different. <laughs> he possessed again. He's focused again. He's taking quotes from the successful people that are in front of him. When I heard him quote LeBron James, he said, I, I listen to what the guy does. He spends over a million dollars on him, on his body. And I wasn't doing that. I was barely trained. I wasn't showing the sport respect. <laughs> He's quoting these things out loud, his mistakes. And then we see him get in there and just disintegrate Cowboy. <laughs> And he's going to do the same thing to Dustin Poirier. Dustin Poirier think he finna get in there and box with this man. Dustin Poirier is not finna get in there and box with him. Conor McGregor is the most accurate, besides Anderson Silva, the most accurate and powerful striker that the UFC has ever had. We've seen what he did to Jose. <laughs> we see what he did to Jose. And when I say Jose, I'm saying Aldo. We seen what he did to Eddie Alvarez. Mm-hmm. What he did to Eddie Alvarez was an embarrassment. embarrassment. He played with this man. <laughs> he played with him. We seen what he did to Cowboy Cerrone, arguably the toughest man the UFC has ever seen. Dustin Poirier, go get your money. Enjoy this spotlight. You're a game fighter. If it turns out to be a war, that'd be great for the fans. But Black, I'll be surprised if this fight get out the second round. I got Conor McGregor, KO. In the first round. In the first round, getting Dustin Poirier out of here. Mm -hmm. Now, if I'm wrong, hell, we'll have a lot to talk about if I'm wrong. But I just don't see it. McGregor is driven by this rematch with Khabib. That's his focus. Mm -hmm. That's the reason he's focused. That's the reason he's back taking this seriously because he got embarrassed. 
he got embarrassed. And he wants desperately to get another fight with this man. He said something then. I was like, dang, if you really think about that. He was like, Khabib fought me at my worst. Mm. And he fought me and he beat me. He, he was at his best when he beat me. Yeah. Yeah. He was like, I got the. He's like, I know, I know what to do to beat this man. Yeah. And I'm gonna punish him. It, it, it just feel like it just feel like when McGregor talk it, you expect it to happen. Yes, it yes. is going to happen. Yes, yes, it's going to happen. They don't call him Mystic Mac for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Mystic Mac. <laughs> like, man, I'm loving the con I'm seeing, man. Great. I'm, I'm, I'm loving what I'm seeing. Like, it's great. All those ups and downs he was having, the, the trouble he was getting into, man, it seemed like all that stuff is behind him now. Mm-hmm. And he's focused on he's focused on fighting and winning. Like, this is a dangerous man. Cormier, I just said it. Cormier said the best. This man is the most dangerous person you want, you want in, in front of you. This man has everything in the world that he wants. Mm-hmm. And he wants to fight. He wants to bash your head in. Mm-hmm. He wants to bash your head in, and that's a scary Conor McGregor mm-hmm. to be fighting. Like, mm-hmm. Dustin Poirier, my man. Mm-hmm. Lord, if he was fighting somebody else, I'll be with you, but <laughs> it's not going to be a good night for you, sir. I just don't believe it. It's not going to be a good night for you, but I'm so happy to have the King pack, man, in the, the octagon. Yes. We had to wait. After winning this fight, it'd be a whole year. Yep. It'd be a whole year we hadn't seen the King. And I hope that it's two more times we get to see him like he wanted. He said he wanted to stay active. That's what he said. So I hope we see him two more times this year. Yeah. Yeah, I'm very excited about this fight. I'm happy I'm off, man. I'm locked in. Yes. Uh, yeah, when he beats Poirier, I said when. When he beats Poirier, we're, we're getting that could be, we're getting that Conor McGregor fight this summer. We're getting it. We're getting it. We're getting that fight. And transition to Khabib Nagamenov. I have something to say about Khabib in just a second back, but I just want to ask you. Dana White made the announcement yesterday that he's interested in returning. He's going to be watching the lightweights uh, very close to this weekend. You got the debut of Michael Chandler. Dan Hooker. Uh, Dan Hooker. They will be fighting this weekend as well. Chandler's first fight in the UFC. Uh, one of the big, highly touted uh, lightweights uh, from Bellator. But, um, Black, what is your what was your thoughts on Dana's announcement? We know they had a closed door meeting the day before, and then Dana came out with this old, you know, yuppity yup yup. What's <laughs> going to be? Just what was your initial thoughts, man, on Dana White's announcement about Khabib Nurmagomedov? I just felt like he could have kept it, man. Like I don't feel like that was no big announcement. Yeah. Like we seen Khabib flirt with fighting and not fighting and this and that. I honestly thought he was going to retire. I it wouldn't been big news to me. He need to let that belt go because he don't fight enough. Hmm. You know. But I was hoping they were going to say. The Poirier and Connor fight was for the belt. Interim title. You know, the, for the interim title or whatever. But he's going to fight again. It's going to be McGregor. Like, Dana going to throw whatever money he want to throw at you to make this fight happen. Yeah. And then the whole thing with can be talking about, well, I'm going to look at all the lightweights on this card. Just not going to look at Connor and uh, Dustin. I'm going to look at this Dan Hooker and Chandler Fright. Whoever excites me, excites me the most, that may be who I fight. Like... I don't want to hear that BS, man. You know who you need to be fighting, bro. I don't want to hear none of that BS talk. You need to be fighting Conor McGregor, bro. Like, you don't need to be fighting nobody else. But I wouldn't, I'm, I wouldn't, he could have kept it, bro. Dana could have kept that announcement because it was just really trash to me.
Khabib Nurmagomedov is a very, very good fighter. I mean, some would even call him great. Khabib Nurmagomedov is the lightweight champion, and he has been that champion for, I think, about two years now. And in those two years, he's defended this championship uh, twice, I believe, against Conor, and then he defended it against uh, Justin Gaethje. Um, Khabib Nurmagomedov retired due to the unfortunate passing of his father uh, last year. And I, for one, was one of the people saying, man, that kind of pain, I, I, I got to believe that he won't return. But I was quickly reminded that fighters are the most emotional human beings on the planet. After a fight, so much energy and emotion has been spent. And, you know, they could say they'll say anything at that point in time. But once they got a chance to go reflect and sit down and gather themselves and speak to their close family members and their teammates, then they kind of get back on their senses. Khabib Nagamenov has not earned the right to pick fights. Khabib Nagamenov is not a top 10 fighter in UFC history. Khabib Nagamenov is a dominant lightweight. But Khabib Nagamenov ain't a goat. All y'all tried to get all y'all tried to tell me that he's the greatest of all time. And the UFC had the gall, the, the unmitigated gall to move John Jones from the number one spot to number two just to give Khabib a candy bag on his way home to being the number one fighter in the sport. A joke. Hmm. The man comes in and he does his thing and he wins. But I remember all of y'all told me that GSP was born. Y'all told me GSP was born and he didn't he 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 will never be better than Anderson Silva, but he got a better record than Anderson Silva. Y'all told me that GSP, his style doesn't doesn't do anything, but he walked in there and he knocked out Michael Bisbee and became the middleweight champion of the world. But now y'all want to tell me Khabib Nagamenov is the greatest of all time because he has no losses and he's twin out of no. Who did he fight? <laughs> Tell me who he fought. You cannot be a goat if the competition that you face is not goatish as well. That's how this works. John Jones has never lost. He's been in the sport for over 15 years and we've barely ever seen him on his back. <laughs> say what you want to say about him personally, but he hasn't lost. Okay? We see Conor McGregor become the first ever simultaneous champion. He knocked out Jose Aldo, the person that y'all said was the greatest killer in featherweight history. Y'all told me that Aldo was going to take apart McGregor limb by limb. Six seconds. <laughs> Daniel Cormier, simultaneous champion. Amanda Nunes, simultaneous champion. Max Holloway, greatest featherweight of all time. He won 20-some straight fights. Held on to the featherweight title for almost four years. But you want to tell me the Beeb Nagamanoff is the greatest of all time. And now Dana White wants to coddle him and allow him to pick his next opponent. Poppycock! <laughs> so I said all this to say, Khabib, just go ahead and train, bruh. Get yourself together and get ready to face Conor McGregor this summer. Shut your mouth. Now, you can, you can find me anywhere in the streets. You would beat me to smithereens. And me and Black could do everything we can, my boy, to get yeah. you up out of here. <laughs> so I'm not going to talk out the side of my neck too wild. But I am going to be an analyst here. And Khabib, you ain't top 10. You're not. 
You can't walk around like he top 10. Stop. Dana White, you should be ashamed of yourself for trying to give him this type of power in this position. You treat John Jones like trash. John Jones, you treat him like garbage. But you coddle, coddle Khabib Nagamenov. Black, any final thoughts on Khabib? Ooh. Any final thoughts on Khabib Nagamenov, my boy? Oh, man, I'm just ready for this summer, man. Gotcha. I'm ready for this summer uh, so Connor can get him out, out the way so we won't have to hear this talk no more, man. Mm, like, I hope. And I could just remember that day when John Jones just went off on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. It was crazy. And it was rightfully so. It was like, crazy, bro. We got to stop this, man. The best person he's fought in his whole career was Conor McGregor. Whole career. He beat a... Standing challenger by the name of Quinta, my boy. <laughs> and you went five rounds with Al Quinta. Five rounds. Five rounds. Come on, man. Come on, man. Like, let's stop, the man. Let's stop this. Dana, you should be, like DC, you should be ashamed. <laughs> let's get the people what they want to see, man. Yeah, man. Let's get the people what they want to see. Either you're going to fight or you're not. You don't let... Uh, if you ain't going to fight Conor, are you going to move up and challenge some one of the other champions? No. Are you going to move down and, and, no. and, and, and fight one of those guys? No. You can barely make lightweight, so why don't you go in and move up? You go to 170. Go holler at Usman. Conor McGregor went to 170. Twice. In the same year. My man Conor McGregor has knockouts from featherweight to welterweight. Absolutely. Three divisions. And Absolutely. you're stuck in a lonely lightweight division. Yeah, but you're the gold. Okay. You have 28 wins in the lightweight division. <laughs> and that's it. That's all you got to hang your hat on. That's it. That's it. And to be fair. And we, you choked out a not interested Conor McGregor. And to be fair, don't we, didn't we do John Jones say, we said John Jones need to go to heavyweight. We didn't did. we say that? Yeah. We said he need to go to heavyweight so he can solidify his greatest of all time. We said that. And what is John Jones doing? Going to heavyweight. Thank you. Thank you. But you coming out, you say you're a fight. Only thing to get you to fight at welterweight is GS. People want you fight him. <laughs> the last time I heard something from GSP, he said he's willing to come back. He said he'll fight and fight you. So what's the what's the hold up? What we waiting on? Poppycock. Poppycock. You've done nothing. Oh man. You hang your hat on those 28 wins. Good for you, sir. You chalk, you choke Karn out. It took you four rounds to choke him out. Good for you. And he was partying the night before. <laughs> Boozed up. Good for you, man. Hold on to that Aliquinta championship win. Aliquinta. We just need to stop this, man. Give us what we want to see. And I promise you, your night, that night will be short. <laughs> it will be. Because <laughs> you, yes, you know what's going to happen when you are sitting in Abu Dhabi out in Dana's uh, $4 million yeah. home or whatever he got over there. Yeah. You know what you're going to see? Greatness. You know what you're going to see? You're going to see Conor McGregor knock somebody out quickly. Put him to sleep. Impressive. Impressive. And then you won't have a, church, a choice, my guy. Mm. You won't have a choice then. Because mm -hmm. you know what Dana's going to come back and say to you? Can be you have to fight Conor McGregor. Yes, sir. You have to. Yes, sir. So, man, I'm excited, man. Can be, let's do the right thing, man. Let's get Conor versus can be in the summer. Let's get it going. Let's get it going, my boy. All right, man. So that's pretty much going to wrap up pretty much uh, pretty much everything. 
pretty much everything. Check them a list, man. Make sure we got everything covered. So we're going to get into uh, some other news, man. And then we are going uh, to get out of here. Now, Black, me and you had the pleasure of going to a high school basketball game this past Friday night. We went to go see Bishop Snyder versus Providence. And a uh, pretty good outing, Black. You got any uh, information on some of those players that we've seen uh, Friday night? Yeah, yeah, man. I just want to say, man, very entertaining basketball game. Yeah. We got to the game's uh, second quarter and was entertained from the second quarter all the way to the finish. Like, these kids, man, they put on a, a good show. But uh, just wanted to give a quick shout-out, man, to uh, uh, senior guard 6'2", Justin Hicks from Bishop Snyder. Mm-hmm. I mean, this kid went wild in the second half. I think he had, like, maybe, like, six buckets straight that we've seen, if I'm not mistaken. And he ended yeah. up with 21 points for the night. So, shout-out to him. And even though Providence lost, man, they got some nice talent on that team. So, and special shout-out to uh, Mason Lee. Okay. A six five, a six five, sophomore shooting guard, man. This kid seemed like he got all the tools, man, to be a great one of these great players here in uh, in Jacksonville playing for Bishop Snyder. But this kid is long. He give you that Durant feel, man. He's, He's very long. long. He looked like he can. We didn't get to see him really shoot it much, but he looked like he can shoot it. But he definitely got a lot of skill. So shout out to Bishop Snyder and uh, of Providence, man, on a very well fought basketball game. And Bishop Snyder came out on top. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Very great game. Me and Black enjoyed ourselves uh, going to see those young boys go who we have to get out there and uh, catch Bishop Snyder uh, again. All right. So, WrestleMania, it's almost WrestleMania season. And me and Black, we suck, wrestling fans. We know we do. But don't worry. It's that time of year. Royal Rumble's coming up. WrestleMania's coming up. But they've made some announcements. So, they're going to give Tampa another go. This year, WrestleMania will be in Tampa. We all know what happened last year. They weren't able to do it due to uh, COVID. But they're looking to see if this will be the first event where fans will be welcomed back. So, WrestleMania, two nights in Tampa this year. Next year, they'll be heading to AT&T Stadium in Texas in 2021. And then in 2022, they'll be going to SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles, California. So, you got Tampa, Dallas, Los Angeles, three years in a row for WrestleMania. I love the two-night feel that they're doing. And I hope they keep it up because WrestleMania, due to the circumstances last year, it was good. WrestleMania was, was good last yes, year. Yes, it was. It was very, very good, and looking forward to see uh, what they're able to do there. All right, last but not least, we got a new head coach for the New York football uh, Jets. You got Robert Salee. Uh, he is the first ever Muslim head football coach, um, former defensive coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers, and all the senses around uh, the National Football League is the Jets. They got him one. They got a guy who's going to come yes, in. Yes, they do. They compare him a lot to Stavansky from Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Um, they say that him and Stavansky are pretty similar. He's going to come in. He's going to really tear it down and build it back up. Yeah. And Lord knows that the Jets uh, need it. And last but not least, Atlanta Falcons. Now I don't even know I don't even know dog name who you hired. I don't even know his name, but he was a Tennessee Titans offensive coordinator. And now he is your new Arthur Smith, my boy. Arthur Smith <laughs> is the new head coach of the Falcons. Why in God's green earth is Eric Bieniemy not that head coach of the Atlanta Falcons? Now the Los Angeles Chargers came out and said they are way into the end of time so they can talk to Airbnb after the playoffs. They don't care if it's the Super Bowl. They don't care. They are waiting to talk to this guy for this head coaching position. The Atlanta Falcons. Y'all, 
Atlanta Falcon fans, any of you out there, y'all let us know. What are you going through right now that Arthur Smith <laughs> one is, hit wonder is your new head coach in Atlanta? Yeah, y'all might as well trade Julio. Y'all might as well send Matt Ryan somewhere. Y'all might as well just start over. Go get Justin Fields at the three, what the fourth pick they got, and, and, and start over. I mean, I looked at that high. I was like, that is god awful. Mm. That is god awful. But that's pretty much it, man. So we're gonna get ready to wrap it up. Episode 97, other sports days. We are at halftime of the divisional round. Saints up 13 and 10 on the books. Black, anything else before we get out of here? Nah, man. Just want to tell all our listeners and supporters, man. Appreciate all the love, everything that y'all in supporting us, man, on the show and all the shows, man. Reduce Lunch mm. podcast and uh, Reduce Lunch Action Sports, man. We appreciate that. You can hit me on Twitter and Instagram at BlackENL3, man. Y'all hit me up. Absolutely, man. Appreciate all the love and support as well. Thank y'all for rocking with us. Like, uh, you know, like we did last week, man. Black was, you know, giving y'all shows left and right. You get another one from us midweek this week as well. Get ready for championship weekend. But you can find me, Desert L. Higgins Jr. on Twitter, Instagram. Y'all hit me up, man. Chop it up with me. Let's talk about some sports. Ask me some questions. Do something, man. Y'all, y'all holler at us for real, for real. And um, you know, stay safe out there. Be cool. Uh, we're looking forward to championship weekend in the NFL next week. And if we got any breaking news or any big stories that come open before our next episode, you will be hearing from us right now. Away. So, with that being said, y'all be cool and we'll check y'all next episode. Come on now.